Happy Friday, everybody. No Minshew mania, at least in the dress code here today. Uh, we go back to normal. Just a player's championship shirt and whatever the heck Austin Lane wears. I'm not even there, so I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it wasn't out of character for Austin Lane. Sure was. Uh, very much so, at, at, at least. Uh, welcome to uh, Jackson High School, Andrew Jackson High School, that is. Uh, the Nightmare on Main Street, they used to call it. And maybe they do again, because this football program is back. It's our game of the week. It'll be West Side at Jackson tonight. And that game will be coming up at 6 o'clock, which means we'll cut our program short a little bit today for the pregame show presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. But all that on the way in just a little bit. We have a celebrity six-pack of picks, and that will include Olympic gold medalist from Jacksonville. Ryan Murphy calls in and shares his picks with us. We'll pick six games, four NFL games today, two college games. I got them on the slate because I think it's kind of a weak weekend in college football. Brent Martineau here, Austin Lane back there. How you doing, man? Uh, doing great. Uh, just got actually out of a tattoo appointment, so literally had to drive over here real quick and just barely beat the clock, but I got here on time, but got another about four-hour tattoo session in, so that went good. Imagine having all the time in the world, uh, this much time on your hands to be able to sit there for four hours and get your tattoo worked on. Gosh, I'm jealous of you. Well, to, to be fair, I did get a, you know, I mean, I, I got some MMA training in before that as well. So it wasn't just a chill kind of day, Brett. I'm, I'm still in fight camp after all, so. True. I mean, it's not like I'm you, just going through the motions. Have, like, texted Aus, uh, Kuz and I about, like, the show and maybe, like, come up with some ideas and, and prep and, and tell us, like, where you're, you're taking it today. You're taking over. It's like a hostile takeover <laughs> from Austin Lane on the tattoo table. So I could have done that, Brent, but. You know, I, I kind of like to keep you guys guessing a little bit. I, I, I kind of like to have it be spontaneous. I think that, that makes for a better show. And let's be honest, there's only really one uh, news story to talk about. That's the Jaguars, I think. So Yeah, we do like the organic nature of yes. the show. We don't like the organic nature of this topic, and that is injuries. And they're big ones for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll talk so much about the Jags as this show continues in a variety of ways, including Jalen Ramsey against DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's some fun interaction between those two guys and the ultimate respect. We love really good against really good or great against great in sports and I think we get a chance to see that on Sunday with Ramsey and Hopkins but first thing first and it's the most important storyline of the weekend going in we already know Nick Foles of course right uh, out for the next couple of months that's a big blow to the Jags well this defensive line gets healthy in some and hurt in others Yannick Ngakwe will not play in the football game that hamstring is not ready to go so he will not play against Houston you do have to remember the Jags have two games in five days Sunday against Houston then back home Thursday night against the Tennessee Titans, so you have to be careful early in the season. This might be a little bit of that. Calais Campbell will play in the football game. I think even Marcel Darius looks like he'll be able to go. That could help the Jaguars, too. Uh, so mixed reviews. A.J. Boye probably doubtful for this football game, according to Doug Marone. So uh, interesting situation early in the year with the Jaguars' injuries. If you're going to get banged up, though, you figure against their defensive front, they do have some depth, Austin, so they yeah. can afford it a little bit. I know they want to be fully healthy so they can do all their games and all their, their wrinkles and everything else, and, and they just have such good players there. But if you're going to take a hit, I do think defensive line is where you do have the depth. Yeah, Brent, I mean, you do have the depth, but I think, you know, obviously losing, 
Yannick Ngakwe is a is a big blow. Now, like you said, Marcel Darius should be coming back, which is huge for that defensive front because now you're talking about where if you had Darius and Ngakwe out, well, then who do you put in to replace him? You know, do you bring Dwayne Smoot in to play the other defensive end? Do you move Clayus Campbell down and play a three technique like he did last week where he may not have looked the most comfortable? Do you bring Taven Bryan in? So at least with Darius coming back, you know, they, they, they do get the bump there. Um, I think with Ngakwe, though, it, it's huge, you know, because now obviously – you can have Josh Allen take his spot, but it begs the question when it's third down, you know, when it's third and long and you, you have the Houston Texans back to pass and they have they have a very, um, you know, I think average at best offensive line. I mean, who's taking the spots now getting those pass rushers? I mean, is it going to be Dwayne Smoot playing the defensive end? Are they going to move Clayus Campbell to a defensive end spot for like that rush end? So you still have to wonder what you're going to do and everything, but anytime you lose a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, it is a big deal, Brent. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't dismiss that at all. I think uh, they do have depth, but if that's your greatest position, which it probably is yes. on their entire football team, you also want to continue to be great there, mm-hmm. or at least very good there. And uh, it is a bit problematic, uh, the fact that they've been banged up. Marcel Darius last week, Yannick Ngakwe. I don't think Calais Campbell's 100%. He missed practice on Wednesday, but he is going to go. He was back at practice the last couple of days. So they've got a little bit of injury issues. And, and I think we have to caution everybody here, Austin, I don't know if we should hit the panic button on the injury front like last year. Last year was a litany of injuries. It just didn't stop for the last 10 games of the season especially. 16 offensive linemen playing. They had all sorts of problems. This isn't like that yet because every team suffers injuries. Look around the NFL, and I know everybody else isn't really looking at everyone else's rosters unless you're keeping an eye on fantasy football, but people (laughs) have issues. I mean, the Jets just lost Sam Darnold to Mono. I mean, how weird is that, you know? Mm -hmm. So Le'Veon Bell went for an MRI. So teams have problems. This is football. People get hurt. So I I think we have to be a little bit careful to hit the panic button and say, oh, woe is us in Jacksonville. I think you can't say it about the quarterback spot, but, heck, that's the most fun storyline of the week, incredibly. The fact that they lost Foles is not fun, but Minshew Mania has hit Jacksonville, and that's been the most fun storyline after a loss I can remember here in Jacksonville, Florida. So I, I think we just have to be a bit careful to get crazy here let's let's see i mean if, if yannick ngakwe misses a game and it's the only game he misses well okay that happens in football marcel darius missed one can he play the rest of the 15 can everybody else get healthy i think the other one to keep an eye on and, and talk more about is aj boye this is a guy that has not been able to stay healthy and i'm not sure how well he's played either last year and he certainly didn't play well the other day against Kansas City because nobody really played well against Kansas City. I'm more concerned about that one, even though uh, you'd love to see Yannick Ngakwe out there, Austin. Yeah. But Boye is starting. He's a big price tag. He's $13 million. He creates problems for offenses because along with Ramsey, that's what we think is the best tandem in football. I don't think they're playing like the best tandem in football because Boye has not played unbelievable football if you go back to last year. Yeah, so first getting, you know, Touching on the point of the injuries, um, if you go back to last year, you know, having, I think, nine different offensive linemen in, obviously that's a little bit of an outlier. And, you know, they, they were played by injuries last year a little bit. But every team goes through injuries. I, I don't think right now, you know, they're going to bring in some kind of spiritual guy and start burning some sage in the locker room because they Not think a it's bad cursed. Idea. You Not know? a bad idea. <laughs> burning some sage? No, I think they're going to be okay. I you would know? burn a Titans jersey because there that's the curse of the Jaguars. That's okay? the curse of the Jaguars, exactly. So I think, you know, in, in, in terms of that uh, nature, um, 
every team deals with injuries. I mean, look at the San Diego Chargers. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers this year already. Hunter Henry, Darwin James being out. So every team's going through it, some worse than others. Now, when you deal with the quarterback, that's obviously the biggest position, so it adds a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to stress about Yannick Ngakwe. This is a guy who's never really missed a game up until now. So this is a guy that's not really injury-prone, even though I hate using that term. So hopefully he can bounce back from the hamstring, and he'll be 100% going forward. Now, getting back to A.J. Boye, uh, Brent, I do agree with you. You know, I mean, we talk about the best uh, corner tandem in the NFL. Well, they didn't perform like that this past game. And now with A.J. Boye, you know, being questionable, I think, I don't think they've announced if he's going to be out or not. That's going to be a huge loss for sure if he's going to be out because this isn't like the Chiefs game where Doug Marone said that Jalen Ramsey was going to cover Tyreek Hill the whole time. Uh, and then, you know, he, he kind of did. They kind of threw some different things at him. I think when you have Hopkins uh, on the Texans, you have to go Jalen Ramsey on him the whole time because Hopkins isn't like a Tyree kill where they're going to use him in the slot and they're going to use him, you know, out of the backfield. I mean, Hopkins is your typical one receiver, and he's going to line up outside, and they're going to tell him to go get the ball. So from that perspective, and a guy who can definitely beat you, I would feel comfortable putting Jalen Ramsey on Hopkins the entire game. Well, if A.J. Boye is out, who takes over for him? You know, maybe Trey Herndon or somebody of that nature. Yeah, that, well, Herndon, I think. Yeah, well, well, now you have a guy that's got to go cover, you know, Will Fuller, who, yes, he has been hurt before, too, but when he's healthy, when he's 100%, this guy's a speedster. And do you think Trey Herndon is ready to stop that kind of guy? We'll see if, if, if he is indeed playing and A.J. Boy is out. But if you're the Jaguars right now and A.J. Boy is out, Brent, you're definitely nervous going forward. Yeah, I just, I'm a concern not even about this weekend as much, just long-term about A.J. Boye, meaning the rest of this year. You want them to be dynamic in that secondary. That's what we sell everybody on. That's what they sell everybody on. They, it's Boye and Ramsey. It's the best duo. It's the best tandem in the league. Well, you've got to be healthy and you've got to play better, mm-hmm. bottom line. And uh, the Jags have to prove that, and really A.J. Boye has to prove that, but he's got to be able to get back on the football field, no doubt Deshaun Watson is going to target Herndon. He is going to make him earn everything against the receiving core of Houston, so much so that I'm not sure Hopkins will have as many targets as he usually does. They want to get him the ball, but the smart play for Houston would be to go after Herndon instead or whoever else is playing at that time for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's talk more about it. Let's stay on the Jags. It's a big football game, big five-day stretch for the Jaguars coming up Sunday and Thursday, AFC South. This really could go a long way. It's a long season, but this could go a long way in deciding what the Jaguars do and their fate in 2019. Brett Martineau here at Andrew Jackson High School on Main Street. Austin Lane back in the studio. We're going to do our celebrity six-pack of picks early, so uh, that's coming up in about 15 minutes. Let's take a timeout here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back here to Main Street. Andrew Jackson High School, our game of the week on ESPN 690, our Action Sports Jacks game of the week happening tonight. Duval County has early start times now. It's a 6 o'clock kick, so we'll have our pregame show brought to you by Mr. Chubby's Wings coming up around 545. And then uh, we've got a football game between Westside and Jackson. Kevin Sullivan and I will have the call, and of course you can see the video element of it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all the great things, and uh, listen to the game on ESPN 690 on your dial or ESPN690.com. Uh, so plenty to come uh, all night long on the high school football front, including the Friday Night Blitz a little bit later. But all Jags all the time here on Action Sports Jacks. Hey, by the way, uh, I went with jeans and uh, the Players' Championship shirt today, Austin, instead of uh, Minshew Mania get-up. Yeah. And uh, I thought it would be a little – it felt a little cooler today. 
but it's still pretty warm. But you know what the greatest thing is now? What do you got? These press boxes have a little AC. Close the door, fire spoiled, up the AC. Man. You're absolutely I mean, spoiled. I mean, press box here at Andrew Jackson. Got a little AC. I love it. Thanks for everybody. Brent, I'll tell you right now, if we were to do a show back home in Iowa, Scandinavia, Wisconsin, and it's playoff time and it's about 20 degrees, <laughs> uh, you're going you're to have a small space heater, so you better bring your ear muffs and your hand warmers because it's going to be a chilly one. What's the coldest you ever played in high school? Do you remember? I want to say it was like 15 degrees, and then with the wind chill, probably a little worse. But the worst part was is that uh, the fact there was about two feet of snow that didn't get plowed off the field. So, like, you're literally playing up to, like, your shins in snow. It didn't even feel like a football game, honestly. It just felt ridiculous. Yeah, that, well, you know, when it snows out, didn't you always feel this way when you live up north? When it snows, it felt almost warmer. Because for some reason, like then, if it was just blistering cold and no snow, no, like oh, absolutely. Day. Because and I forgot. Listen, I'm not a meteorologist, but um, if it gets too cold, it doesn't snow. So yeah, I, I think yeah. if it gets like below zero, then obviously it can't snow because it's, it's way too chilly. Is that but, how that um, works? That's how it works. Oh wow. Yeah. But uh, speaking of uh, you know. Golf attire here real quick, Brent. I need to send a thank you your way uh, from across the airwaves because I came in the studio uh, almost late, but I got here on time, and I saw a nice uh, – we got a baseball hat here. We have some swag socks, and we got a nice T-shirt, man, for the GM18. So yeah, that would be thank the you for catch. passing that stuff my way. I appreciate it. You guys didn't it. even have to pay, and I gave you those. See I know, that? man. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. But Exclusive. anyway, golf tournament coming up on Monday. We're ready to rock and roll at the Golf Club at Southampton, and it looks like that little tropical system, speaking of weather, is going to stay off the coast and Keep not cause away. a problem <laughs> on Monday. And I heard the golf club at Southampton's in awesome shape. So really looking forward to it. One final story about cold weather and high school football because I want to share it and just complain a little bit. Uh, early on when I was up in Albany, we would go all over the place to follow the teams. Yeah. And there was like the equivalent of, Stuart, you'll know this. This would be like, um, uh, let's say, what's Union County? What class are they? Like one? Yeah, they're two? 1A. One, right? 1A. And... So it'd be kind of the equivalent of that. For it was Class D, so it was the lowest qual- uh, classification. But they loved their football, and this place uh, uh, was called Cambridge in New York. And so they were playing three hours away in a state playoff game. And so we went. We took the satellite track truck up there uh, back in the day. We didn't have these little backpack live view. The internet did not exist then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, I think it did, but not to that extent. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, I'm I'm like in dress like dress shoes. And like a decent, like uh, dressed up outfit, you know, to be on TV and everything. And um, it was the it was a place called Tupper Lake. And Tupper Lake, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're known for they make the popsicle sticks for oh, popsicles. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sense. sure that I think that's what they make. Uh, that's what they're known for. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'll have to look that up. But anyway, it's like up the in the Adirondacks, you're winding up these hills, and it was the freaking coldest I've ever been top three ever been was that day for a high school football game and on top of that and uh uh, i don't mean to disparage him but this young man got hurt in the game and so it was like a 25 minute delay and so the game lasted forever and my feet were frozen (laughs) it had to be like 25 below zero up in tupper lake i'm just telling you it was nasty but uh that's the coldest i've been I just wanted to share that and complain with you. Well, no, and speaking of complaining. I'd rather be hot. Speaking of complaining, a real fun fact about our football team when I played, our uh, our head coach, Coach Erickson, who's still coaching to this day. What's up, Coach Erickson? Uh, he wouldn't let us wear sleeves, even <laughs> even in the middle of winter, because, oh, he, because he believed if you wore long sleeves, it would make you miss tackles. So, ah, tough guy. Alert. Even the guys in the sidelines, man, even the guys that weren't in the game had to wear short sleeves. What about the kicker? Did he have to? 
Because, I mean, the kicker's not going to make any well, tackles. Did you got to remember, though, where we yeah, come from, small like, school. The, well, the kicker's, kicker's also like the quarterback. Like the defensive end, yeah, and the kicker's like say. the receiver. I, I've been yeah. fortunate in that I have only worked in warm weather markets mm-hmm. uh, in Texas and Georgia and here in Florida. But I did shoot one game in the snow. Uh, and in Texas, every playoff game is on a neutral site. So it wasn't even any team from my area. It was a team from El Paso versus a team from the Metroplex, the, the, the Dallas area. And I was out there. It was snowing. There was like six fumbles. I just got those, and I left without Whoa. any touchdowns. And okay. I said, I don't care. I'm done. This is it. I'm <laughs> out of here. Go ahead and be honest. I mean, was it snowing or was it kind of like sleeting? You know, like was it a mixture? There was, was snow on snow? the ground. They had okay. to like move okay. it off it the ground. The ground. Okay. It snows a little bit in Texas now. I remember now. here in Jacksonville a couple of years ago, everyone was like, yeah, making a big deal there, of snowing. There. I'm like, nah, not really. Okay. <laughs> Well, we don't have to worry about snow here tonight or any night uh, at all, just the heat. And actually, it's starting to cool off a little bit uh, around uh, this area. So it should be a nice night for some high school football. And we are here at Jackson High School. All right, here's the deal. We are going to talk a lot of Jags. Uh, We've got some more Jags coming up. We're doing our celebrity six-pack of picks early because we are joined by Ryan Murphy in just a few minutes, Olympic gold medalist, of course, swimmer from the Jacksonville area, uh, swam at, at uh, California. So maybe we ask a little college football as well but uh we to do that we got to take a quick time out when we come back our celebrity six pack of picks and then we get back to the football jaguars also tim tebow had some comments today and i disagree wholeheartedly with mr tebow even though he should be not an expert on the topic at least his thoughts should carry some weight because he's a great example of this topic. So all that coming up throughout the rest of the show, all afternoon long here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. But it's pick time early when we come back. Write them down. Get ready. Who's in the lead? Who's going to win this weekend? Olympic gold medalist joins us next to help us sort it all out on ESPN 690. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Brent Morneau here at Andrew Jackson High School for our high school game of the week tonight on ESPN 690. That's coming up at 6 o'clock. Austin Lane back in the studio, and, man, he's got a party going back there now. Cruz is there, of course. And now Marcel Robinson and Stuart Weber join the fun because we have our Action Sports Jacks celebrity six-pack of picks, and it's early here on a Friday as we take you through six of the games from college football or the NFL. And we're happy to be joined by... Three-time Olympic gold medalist Ryan Murphy from the Bowl School by way of uh, California Berkeley as well. And I know he's a big Jags fan, so we can talk a little bit about that. A big football fan. What's up, Murph? Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. By the way, you're all over the world. I know you just swam like, I think, uh, I don't know if it was in Japan or uh, South Korea or somewhere. Yeah, I was was in uh, South Korea for Worlds at the end of July. Okay, where are you now? Are you back in Florida? Are you out in California? Where are you? I'm in California right now. I'm actually I'm driving to practice at, at the moment. So yeah, where we are. What what's uh by the way these guys see Austin you know Austin played for the Jags and he and he played football and he and he fights in a cage but I tell Austin this all the time about swimmers he could not handle your practice workout. What do you have to go do at practice now? Take us through it. Uh, so so this afternoon we'll do an hour of weight which I'm sure Austin can handle. <laughs> and then, uh, so far, so good. We'll get, and then we'll get into the pool. We'll go like an hour and 15 minutes in the water. Nope. Today's actually just like a fast day. So we'll just go like a couple 25s, a couple 50s fast, uh, you know, kind of get the uh, kind of get the testosterone going, let the guys be guys, uh, talk some crap. So 
This would actually be the workout that, that Austin would want to go to. Uh, you'd be surprised because as soon as you said jump in the pool, I was out. So uh, yeah. <laughs> as far as the weight training is concerned, I'm all for it, dude. But when we get in the pool and start doing all the different kind of strokes, that's where I chalk the deuces, and I'll see you back in the weight room. Uh, Ryan, yeah. I, got, I got a quick question for you, though. Obviously, you know, you're a high-caliber athlete. I do have a lot of respect for swimmers because you guys do work very hard. I mean, in terms of calorie and the calorie intake, how much do you eat a day? So I... Uh I actually could put on weight pretty easy. Like I'm, I'm more of like a, a naturally bulky guy. Okay. Uh, my dad actually played football too, so I, I kind of got his genes. So I, I probably go like four to five thousand calories. Okay, uh, that's pretty good. So, I wish so I not, could do that. Not a, not a crazy amount, but uh, yeah, but definitely, definitely a lot more than the average. Yeah, some guys go what six to eight thousand. I, yeah, I mean, some of these guys are like garbage disposals. Like they can, they can eat anything and like stay stay lean, keep a six pack. <laughs> All right, hey, we're gonna. I know you don't have a ton of time, but I do want to ask you this: What's a football game like out at Cal Berkeley? You got big win last week over Washington, uh, so you must be happy about that. But what's it like? What's the atmosphere? Yeah, it's nothing like SEC football. I, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I, I definitely do miss that aspect. But uh, it, it's a good atmosphere, and it's definitely. We, we got a new AD two years ago, and he's done a lot of good things to, to help the atmosphere, too. But, I mean, I think it's it's just a little bit, like, I mean, it's a little bit more of, like, a respectful atmosphere. You know, like, it's like people are going to watch a show uh, as opposed good. to, like, really getting, uh, really getting like, personal with it, which is what I feel like the SEC is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It depends on your whole weekend, depend, whatever happens uh, in, in the SEC for sure. Stuart, totally. real quick, give us uh, the standings from last week as we kick this off with Uncle Chaps a week ago. Not a problem. So Uncle Chaps was, of course, our guest celebrity picker. And, Ryan, you have big shoes to fill. He uh, picked up a 5-1 and one record in the six-pack, which was better than all of us actual TV radio professionals. <laughs> Although he's a professional, too. So yeah. you know what? Good for him. He got the win. Don't shortchange him. Good job. Uh, tied for second, or first, if we don't want to include the celebrity for the overall standings. Let's go that way. Uh, would be Austin, Mar- Marcel, Come on. and Coos all coming in with a record of four and two. Money. Uh, I went 500 last week with a three and three mark. Who's in last? And bringing up the rear would be one Brent Martineau with Ooh. a two and four mark in the opening week. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> you know, our celebrity guest picker here, Ryan Murphy, three-time Olympic gold medalist, he doesn't need me to say this, but I'll say it anyway. It's not how you start, boys. It's how you finish. you got to touch first, so we'll see where it goes. All right, let's get it rolling, okay? Uh, let's begin with uh, college football game. Speaking of out west, Stanford's coming all the way over here to UCF to play in Orlando. This is a fun game. It's the best game of the weekend on paper because, quite frankly, it's a pretty crappy college football weekend. Let's begin with you, Ryan. Stanford at UCF. The Knights favored by 8.5. Who you got? Yeah, i, I got to go with UCF on that one. Stanford looked brutal last week so yeah I'll, I'll go with ucf on that one looks like they'll get the quarterback back but still they didn't look good and ucf is really good all right weber go around the horn in the studio all right so we'll go around the horn i'm taking the knights of ucf uh the the folks from the house of mouse down in orlando seven and one against the spread in their last eight home games so i'm going to take ucf in the bounce house I'm taking UCF as well. I think one of the best offenses in the country. And, Brent, I also agree that if Ryan wins, he gets a hat from ESPN 690 this week. And if one of us wins, we get his gold medal. Oh, fair enough. I, I thought, <laughs> But if we lose, we have to wear Speedos instead of the Minshew outfit. Hey, I'm comfortable with who I am. That's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Marcel, what you got? Uh, first off, I would like to, to put a disclaimer in that I am not wearing a Speedo uh, anywhere. <laughs> not comfortable in who he is, I guess. Scroll the flow, man. More importantly, uh, I'm also picking the Knights. That's a that's a tough trip coming from the West Coast, Stanford, all the way over to, UC, over to UCF. And uh, I agree, just like Ryan said, Stanford looked pretty bad last week. All right, Coos, jump in here, man. I mean, I'm following you guys. If everybody else is going UCF, I'll go UCF as well. Dang, I thought that California guy might pick Stanford to offset this a little bit. But eight and a half points is a lot. Uh... I'm going to take Stanford just to be different, okay? I'm going to pick up a game. I call these game picker-uppers on you guys. (laughs) Let's stay in college football. Florida versus Kentucky. I'll go first and then hand off to Ryan. Uh, Eight and a half points. I think Florida blows them out. They beat Kentucky big without the quarterback for the Wildcats. What do you have, Ryan Murphy? Yeah, I think you're right on with that one. I'll go Florida as well. I went that same direction. Uh, Gators starting up a new streak. No Josh Allen to torment them on the other sideline this year. Uh, I'm going Florida as well. You remember last year Kentucky beat them, and I think if you know Florida has any kind of a motivation going into this season, it's the game that they lost to Kentucky. A little extra motivation for them, so go ahead and give me Florida by at least eight and a half. Yeah, same here. As much as it pains me to say this, I'm picking Florida as well. I could use this with Brent's logic and go against you guys, but I'm staying in Florida this as well. The most boring pick I'm sure I mean, of all time. On, this is terrible. What the Ratings heck? Ratings are at an all-time low right now. I am a little tri- I'm, I'm a little tricked up by why Vegas thinks this is only eight and a half. That's an interesting one, but Vegas usually knows. All right, to the NFL we go. Fantastic game, Austin. We'll start with you, Wisconsin boy. Vikings and Packers, two and a half. The Packers are favored by. So go ahead and give me the Vikings. Actually, and here's why. I think Green Bay, I think their defense hasn't really got a true test yet. I think Trubisky um, is that bad of a quarterback, so we haven't seen the full extent of Green Bay's defense. The Minnesota Vikings come in having run the ball like 100 times and passed the ball like three times uh, in their last game. So with those things considered, I think Minnesota's a very dynamic offense. They have a solid defense, and they go into Lambeau and get it done. See ya. I'm on the opposite. I, I do believe oh. in Green Bay's defense. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm rolling with the Packers. I think what we saw, uh, I think that, that that Green Bay defense might be for real. And, and what have we always said about the Packers? Give Aaron Rodgers an, a defense and yeah. good things will happen. Kuz? I'm actually rolling Vikings. I, I kind of agree with you where we haven't really seen much of the offense yet, at least in terms of the passing. And mm-hmm. that was a big uh, upside for the Vikings in the past year. So I, I'm going Vikings. Before we toss it back to Brent, I will say the Vikings are my pick as well. I think they're going to run the ball. Uh, it's something Chicago was not able to do against the Packers, and I think Dalvin Cook's going to run all over Green Bay. All right, I got the Packers as well at home. I think they uh, will go to 2-0. and I'm going to throw it out to Ryan Murphy out there in California. Not only do Vikings and Packers, Packers favored by 2.5, but then do the next one as well. Eagles favored by 2 on the road in Atlanta. Yeah, so I, I like the Packers, too. I'm, I'm not a big believer in, in Kirk Cousins, so I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get going at home, and I think the Packers will pull that one out. And then uh, I'm going to pick the Eagles as well. The, the Falcons have not looked good, so I'm, uh, yeah, I, think, I think the Eagles will, will pull that one out. I think that's a good money game for a lot of people because, like I said last week, Atlanta does not do well early in the season, and that showed up in the opener. I think it might sting a little bit for a couple of weeks. Sorry, Marcel, but I've got the Eagles favored by two. What do you got, Falcons fan? Uh, I really don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. This is tough for me, but because of our, our historically slow start with the Falcons, I'm picking the Eagles. Oh in this wow! One. I, I, honestly, I, I think that we reverse psychology. Makes you feel Freddy good Falcon. either way. Freddy. Coming from the guy who posted a selfie with Julio Jones, <laughs> and this is how you treat him. And Freddie the Falcon, who will never take a picture with you again, Marcel. Uh, I, I just, I, 
Honestly, I think we might start 0-3 before we get it rolling. We're just not an early season team. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. I think the Falcons, uh, like, like you said, they start off slow. I'm not sold on Devontae Freeman yet. Uh, he looked a little slow against the Vikings. Uh, Julio Jones will get his, but I think the Eagles are have too much offense and are too well coached, so I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, we're making this really boring, but like you said, it's not a great week of games. I mean, shoot, the Falcons are going to be better than they were in week one, but not yeah. good enough to beat the Eagles, I think. So I'll take Philly as well. Speaking of Philly, Coos. Oh, we know where Coos yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I would be disowned by my family if I went Falcons, so I'm yeah, going so Eagles. Going Falcon. Okay. okay uh, all right, two more games to go. we got to let Ryan Murphy go very soon so he can get to practice and do a hell of a lot more than we do every day. Uh, Seahawks and Steelers. Pittsburgh's favored by three and a half points. I think this is a tough game. I have Seattle to cover the points, even though I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win. What say you, Ryan Murphy? Yeah, I, I think Seattle will get this one. I think they'll win, too. I, I don't – I'm a big fan of Antonio Brown, so I, I think the, the Steelers' offense is going to be hurt all the this year. Same thing over here. I'm going with the Seahawks. I think they're going to win. Uh, I mean, they gave up over 400 yards passing to the Red Rocket last week and still won. Uh, so I think they're going to get another win, although Ben Roethlisberger has to do better and not cost me another fantasy loss. So I'm taking the Steelers all day. Big Ben is a different player when he's at home as opposed to when he's playing on the road. Uh, these aren't your dad, Seattle Seahawks. Their defense is vulnerable. Smith-Schuster is going to play this game. He's coming back healthy after that scare with his ankle or calf injury. So I think the Steelers are just too much on offense. I got the Steelers winning big. Uh, same thing for me. Uh, coming back home, I think this is a bounce-back game for the Steelers. I don't think they're nearly as bad as they looked last week. Um, I think this thing somehow turns out to be a shootout. And I'm going with the Seahawks. I actually think this is going to be a really close game, so uh, I'm betting with the Seahawks on this one. It's going to be a really entertaining watch, though. All right, and here we are. Jaguars and Texans might be the hardest pick because the point spread's big, eight and a half points. You know what? I actually think the Jaguars are going to win this game outright. It's a 50-50 game, and I'm taking them outright, even without Ngakwe. I don't know if you heard that, Ryan Murphy, but Ngakwe won't play in this game. Boye's banged up. He won't play or might not play either. Certainly the Jaguars are uh, significant underdogs at eight and a half points. What do you think out there? And by the way, what's it like wearing Jags gear out in California? They look at you like three different times or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People have no They don't even know what the jersey is. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. It's tough. It's tough out here. But uh, I, I got to go with the Jaguars. I, I believe in Gardner, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a hopeless optimist when it comes to the Jaguars. So, yeah, I, just, I keep on rolling with them every year. All right, Ryan Murphy, I want to let you go because I said I'd get you out of here by 3.40. So you get going, get driving, have a good practice. Uh, hey, the Olympics are in sight, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, next uh, next summer. Awesome. Uh, best of luck in your training. We'll keep an eye on you and uh, jump on in the show anytime you want. You're always invited. For sure. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, Ryan Murphy, three-time gold medalist. Uh, backstroker, freestyler, and uh, by the way, his resume speaks more than that. It's not just the gold medals, but uh, pretty incredible, the talent we have in swimming in this area. Uh, swam at the Bowl School and then at Cal Berkeley, and he's a big-time Jags fan. In fact, uh, Stuart, remember seeing him out there last year on the field? He came by, and uh, did he do the Duval last year? I should have asked him that, but he had yes. the gold medal with him. Was it yeah. the Duval? That yeah. is correct. Yeah, he's a, he's a big Jags fan. So, Ultimate uh, flex. That's good. I like it. Yeah, all right, guys, go ahead. Uh, you guys finish up the Jags and the Texans pick. 
All right, well, uh, we'll keep it going on this uh, this all Jaguar optimism train. And, wow. Uh, I, I was writing down in my notes, you know, kind of a reason for why I was picking each of them. And under Jaguars, I put no idea, but let's do this. <laughs> and that's like just, it. you know, sometimes sometimes when you do picks and when you when you win on the TV side in picks, you get a little added confidence, uh, which is what happened with me last week. And so I'm going to pick the Jaguars here because I'm in first place over there, and that gives me the confidence to do it. Low-key flex. So, low-key flex, very low-key flex. Nothing low-key about that. So, uh, Brent, I'm, you know, obviously I, I took part in Minshew Mane yesterday. To, to quote a Zach Brown band lyric that is typically misheard, oh, I he, like this. he's got a gypsy soul and he was born for leading. And yeah. I'm taking Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars with the points. Eight and a half is way too much, even if Yannick Ngakwe and AJ Boye are are out. So I'm taking the Jags uh, with the points. All right. Well, uh, as to quote the since we're quoting and everything, let me quote What's the up? famous Al Pacino in one Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> Say hello to the bad guy. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to roll with the Texans for for a couple reasons. Maybe One, the smart guy. I, I think I think the loss of Ngakwe really hurts, um, for obvious reasons, and, and also, I think I think what we saw from Gardner Minshew was great, and I hope we do see it. But I so I feel like some of that may be a bit of you know the backup quarterback syndrome. When a backup quarterback comes into a game. A lot of times they may look better than they actually are. Hey, look, I'm for one hoping that that's actually the guy, but until I see it, I got to err on the side of caution and unfortunately roll with the Texans this game. Hope I'm wrong. Mm. Say goodnight to the bad guy. <laughs> well, I'm actually following Marcel. I, I wrote down my picks beforehand on the computer. I actually wrote Watson instead of the Texans. So I'm going Texans and just because I want to. I, I want the Jaguars to prove it first before I start believing in them. Hey, just a real quick get-up. I know Ryan says, hey, he likes the Jags. He's going with the Jags all the time, and uh, which can be ill-fated uh, often. But I'm actually picking the Jags to win. I don't know if you heard me right, but uh, I was like a 50-50 game. I Forget about the spread in this game. I think they'll cover the spread, but I actually think they're going to win the next two games. I really do. I, I think they're going to ride something here. I think they're going to find something. I think that game was a bit of an outlier, and we're putting a little too much into the Kansas City Chiefs game. And you know how I feel, Austin, about Houston. I think they're a little bit overrated, yeah. overhyped. And um, I'll be proven wrong on Sunday, maybe. Uh, and that's certainly been happened in the past. <laughs> I want to talk to Jags. But what I want to ask you guys, are you picking the 8.5, or are you picking the Jags to actually win the game? I'm actually picking the Jags to win the game, uh, which we'll do on the TV side as well. Sorry if you're uh, waiting, you know, on weighted on bated breath for that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm picking them to win the game. Uh, And again, I don't know why, but let's do this. Points. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Okay. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's fair I'm being fair honest, enough. man. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, by the way, we do have like so many different pig segments. We have uh, our fight for the fedora contest on Sunday mornings on Countdown to Kickoff on CBS 47 that we do. Two times the Phoenix champ right here. Uh, and wow. then we have like we do our, our Take Your Pick podcast on Action News Jacks and, and our podcast of uh, Pile on Podcast. So we pick them there. And I always forget what I pick and then pick something different here. Like, I really think I picked UCF in that one, and then I just went against them in the points on this one. It's possible. So I can't keep it straight. And then there might be a little side money along the way somewhere. Oh, that I, I mean, no. I've got picks all over the place is my point. Well, you guys have, like, five different fantasy teams, I'm just trying to get winners. Well, I just wish you would actually pay attention to your fantasy team for once, but it is what it is. I did. And, by the way, Cam Newton's done. In fact, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. He always uh, plays big on prime time. Yeah. He dressed big again. By the way, you shouldn't be able to dress like that if you're going to play like that. 
<laughs> Style next. <laughs> Who looked better yesterday, really? Me and the Minshew Mania or Cam? Is there an option? Neither. Is there a C yeah. option for neither? neither? There's a neither Let's option. get into it. <laughs> All right. I want to get back to the Jags. Let's talk about the Jags. We'll get to Cam Newton. We'll get to Tim Tebow. we got a lot to talk about coming up. That's our celebrity six-pack of picks. That was a long segment, but thanks to Ryan Murphy, all the way from California, calling us in, the Olympic gold medalist. We're back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 next. Hey, welcome back. Game of the week uh, tonight is Andrew Jackson hosting Westside. The Wolverines should be a good one. Westside played just on Monday night, lost to Baldwin. Uh, so we're hoping to have a good game here tonight. Uh, off Main Street, and can't wait for it. 6 o'clock kick, 5.45 pregame show, brought to you by Mr. Chubby's Wings. So we'll end the show a little bit early, but right now let's keep rocking and rolling on the show. Has everybody left the building, Austin, or is it... No, no, we're oh, no it's, it's still oh, a house here. We're yep. still, still here. Hi, everybody. By the way, I, I want to I say a quick thing. When they came up with the West Side Wolverines, I was low-key upset that that was the, the name they chose. It used to be... Uh, uh, the Nathan B. Forrest. Yeah. Uh, what were they? Yeah. The Rebels? Uh, no, they weren't the Rebels. No, they uh, were. What was Forrest? Well, uh, Forrest Rebel? Was it Forrest Rebels? You're right. It was the Rebels. Yeah, uh, which clearly doesn't really work these days uh, to have a Confederate general as the name of your high school. So they changed mm, it, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they changed it. But one of the other options was Firestone High School, which is the name of the street that the school is on. Oh, and they okay. were going to be the Firestone Scorpions. <laughs> really? Jeez. That, that would have been That was awesome. one of the other options, and that would have been so awesome. But, you know, Westside Wolverines has got alliteration, so that's something. But I would have I would have been all over the Firestone Scorpions. I don't mind the Wolverines, but I think I would have voted for Firestone Scorpions. I didn't realize that was for real. I'm going Wolverine all day, man. Yeah, it, Firestone Scorpions just doesn't roll off. For yeah, me. they're a lot more tenacious than a scorpion. Go and give me the Wolverines for an extra bonus pick. That'd also be quite problematic with that new cannon that they just got. Also, I can't okay. I can't associate the cannon with the scorpion. Nah, cannon with a Wolverine. Uh, I mean, it's a, good point. a little more thought, man. It's a little it's more thought, point. okay? All right, hey, uh, Brent Martineau here, the rest of the gang back in the studio, and uh, let's talk some Jags, guys. Uh, here, we, Let's reset it for folks jumping in. Yannick Ngakwe won't play in this football game. Uh, A.J. Boye is hurt. Uh, looks like he won't play in the game. What's interesting, guys, is Cam Robinson is healthy to go, but Doug Marone said today Will Richardson Jr. is going to get the start at left tackle. What's your interpretation of that? It's my interpretation that he did really well against Kansas City, and Coach Marone's going to roll with him. Now, it's like I talked about before, Brent. I think they did a lot of things in helping Will Richardson, whether it was chipping you know, with Marquise Lee or chipping with uh, Swaim here. But, um, you know, if you're playing well, you're playing well. You have to roll with the hot hand. So I think it's kind of a message to Cam Robinson as well, where maybe he's not coming back 100% or he hasn't been performing to his best of his abilities. But uh, props to Will Richardson. Listen, I was the first one to tell you it was going to be a problem. I thought a guy coming in, playing the left tackle position that hasn't played it since high school, was going to have a lot more problems than I saw. But from all accounts, he looked pretty well out there. I think it might be a little bit deeper than that. I think. Oh, uh, I, I think. I think conspiracy theory. No, I like it. I wouldn't say conspiracy <laughs> theory, but I do think Will Richardson. I think they do like what they saw on tape uh, with Will. But I think there's also a little bit of a fear of. of you know how much can we put on Cam right now? Because um, obviously when he when he came back, you know he had the other knee tweaked a little bit. And I think it's a little bit more of, you know, hey, if if we can if we can hold him out a little bit longer and Will Richardson can you know properly fulfill that spot, then you know let's do it. You know, let's give him give him the reps. So if something does happen to Cam that's catastrophic down the line, now you've got a guy who's had more experience at the left tackle position in Will Richardson. Yeah. yeah. 
I think uh, I kind of I think we need to simplify these things and not think too much conspiracy. I kind of lend uh, to what Marcel's saying. This is a guy. Think about what happened with Cam Robinson now the last month. Cam Robinson wasn't ready to go. People, it sounded like people were upset he wasn't ready to go. And why isn't he ready to go? Maybe they and they got him going a little bit. He gets in there for maybe what about a week and a half, two weeks of practice. He plays six snaps in the Miami game. He was on a six snap pitch count in the Miami game. That's all they wanted him to play. And then all of a sudden he was supposed to be ready to go for the regular season. Well, what worked out is in practice he tweaked that other knee, and we know we know what's happened. So he's dealing with kind of two different things. Coming back from the ACL, which people just automatically, and this is the Adrian Peterson part of this injury, they automatically assume, okay, he's back. That means he's back. That means he is who he is. Well, that's not how I interpret an ACL. I've seen it too much. Cinderic Marks, I saw it this way. I think you saw it this way with Allen Robinson last year. I think you're seeing it right now with Marquise Lee, who also is banged up again, or at least being monitored again uh, with the knee. They're keeping an eye on that. I just don't think mentally, maybe more than physically, that's an easy injury to come back from. And now he's got that right knee that he tweaked last week in practice. So I think this is just simply, let's make sure this guy gets more practice reps and we can see he's better and, and he can do it for maybe two weeks in a row in practice, because we don't need to do anything drastic right now. This guy played okay, right, Austin? I mean, he played all right at that left tackle spot. So we don't have to force Cam Robinson in. If they had anybody else in there that they didn't trust, well, then I think they would force Cam Robinson in. But they don't really need to do it this week, so maybe it's beneficial to give him another week. Again, it's a long season. Don't bring guys back before they're ready to be back. I think is more important at this time of the year than it is maybe even later in the year when you kind of run out of time. I think it's more that than anything else. Two things here, Brent. Number one, though, let's figure out how we got here in the first place with Cam Robinson, right? He's rehabbing the ACL. Um, Doug Marone kind of comes out and basically calls him out and says, listen, we're not going to be able to play with him if he doesn't come back and practice. It was almost kind of the point where Doug Marone's trying to light a fire, uh, it seemed like, underneath Cam Robinson, especially after we saw him dancing on top of a chair, you know, when, when guys were playing their game on Instagram. So um, it begs the question, did Cam Robinson come back a little too early? Now, I get it. I think he hurt his other leg, but still, it, it still warrants the question. But then you want to say, well, you're comfortable – Richardson there playing left tackle and you're comfortable with Cam Robinson, you know, easing his way back into it. I understand that. But then it begs the question as well. Are you comfortable in starting AJ can because AJ can had a rough game against Kansas city. He's the guy that gave up the sack to Nick Foles that when Foles got hurt, not saying it's AJ can's fault because guess what? Sacks happen all the time in the NFL. It's just the way of the world, but I'm saying AJ can had a rough game and he was going against an all pro guy and Chris Jones. And I give him that. But if you, if you're the Houston Texans right now, uh, and you're looking at the weak link of that Jaguars offensive line, it's got to be A.J. Kim. So do you bring back Cam Robinson, put him at left tackle, and then move Will Richardson back to the guard spot where he showed a lot of promise in preseason? I think that's a good point. I, I do. I think that's a very, it went through my mind, too. I just think you better make sure Cam Robinson is good rather than shuffling everything around. And I think they might need to see more out of Cam Robinson. Again, I mean, it's worth saying the guy has essentially had and now – coming back from an ACL and now tweaked the knee last week. And, and so rushing them back to me makes no sense when you have healthy bodies that can play the position. There's always that thing, right? How much do you play a guy that's hurt before it starts hurting you as a football team? And I think they're in that neighborhood right now with Cam Robinson. And let's remember where this starts with Cam Robinson. How good is he even to begin with? 
Nobody even knows that. I mean, he hasn't proven enough yet. The official injury report for the Jags, Marquise Lee, knee, questionable. Now, we heard yesterday that some of that was just because he was being closely monitored. This will be interesting to see if he plays on Sunday. A.J. Boye, hip, questionable. Doug Marone basically saying today it looks doubtful that he'll play. Cam Robinson, questionable, although we think he would be ready to go and play if needed. And then Abwehi, Josh Oliver, and Yannick Ngakwe out of this football game. If you're just jumping in, that's the big story. Yannick Ngakwe out on Sunday with a hamstring. A.J. Boye, doubtful with a hip on Sunday. I'm not done talking about the Jags. Let's stay on it. Jalen Ramsey against DeAndre Hopkins. How fun is this going to be, and how much should we enjoy this matchup? Next on ESPN 690. Uh, you know, he's my favorite corner to play against. The only uh, corner in the NFL that, that actually follows me everywhere I go. So uh, you got to respect that. Uh, no matter where I line up, he's right there in front of me. Uh, you know, a lot of guys claim the number one DBs, um, but not a lot of guys can do that. You know, he's, um, he's not the average corner. Um, you know, he's long. It's physical, it's fast, it's everything um, you know, I think you want from a football player. Well, that's DeAndre Hopkins talking about number 20 of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know him as Jalen Ramsey. And how about the respect these two guys have? Can we stop with all the love fest? <laughs> I like when they hate each other. That's more fun. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think it's kind of cool when people respect each other, especially guys like, like DeAndre Hopkins kind of unassuming. But Jalen Ramsey, you know he likes to get under your skin. He likes to talk a little bit. And you can really tell when there's an appreciation for a player from Jalen Ramsey. And there's no doubt the case with DeAndre Hopkins. How good of a matchup is this going to be on Sunday once again? Really fun to watch and probably not talked about enough, Austin Lane. Yeah. You know, and we always talk about Jalen Ramsey, obviously. He's one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the league. And I think DeAndre Hopkins should get a lot of credit as well as probably being one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. You know, it's a guy we've talked about, Brent, where his personality doesn't really fit his mold. Right, his personality doesn't fit the position. Where you know, all things considered, DeAndre Hopkins is more of a low-key kind of guy. Uh, you're not going to see him kind of do all these crazy things in interviews, and you kind of get the sense and the uh, the feel that he doesn't really crave the limelight. You know, like every once in a while, you'll see him in some you know fashion magazine or you know rocking something you know crazy. But yeah, his I, fashion, by the way, is a little up like the Cam kind of style yeah. of fashion, not yeah. so like fashionable in my opinion. But no, no, bro, I'm, I'm a 42 year old. Not very cool person. So. No, for sure. And, you know, th- this is a guy who's kind of self-made, too. Remember, like, coming out uh, into the draft in 2013, uh, you know, he he runs the 4-5-7 in Indianapolis, and everyone was kind of getting on him about, this isn't, you know, the fast guy that we thought he was going to be. Then he runs his pro day, runs a 4-4-1. And, you know, I, I guess just to kind of stand out at Clemson, Brent, and we have to remember, he, he played with Sammy Watkins, who I think Jaguars fans are familiar with now, and also Martavius Bryant. So, like, the, the, there was a pretty deep w- wide receiver room at Clemson when he was there, and then he comes out as the first round pick and it's panned out ever since but yeah you, you talk about a guy who can do it all brent uh he has the footwork he has the speed he can r- run the route tree obviously and he's he's really the true one receiver which is kind of a dying breed i feel like now that the nfl is going a little maybe shorter and faster in terms of speed and agility but uh deandre hopkins is one of a kind and I'm, i can't wait to watch him battle the whole the whole game uh in houston yeah you know listen it, it's uh i I don't want to get it carried away, and I, I kind of said this on TV last night, too. I said, you know, the mo- uh, I use it often. I said the most overused uh, word in sports broadcasting is great. But this truly is, if you think about today's game, this is great on great. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think across the board people say Jalen Ramsey's the best cornerback in the NFL. I don't think they want to give that to him sometimes. You know, the people like sometimes don't like him because of some of the antics. But I think most people inside uh, buildings and inside team meeting rooms, if you if you turned on the tape, would say, okay, yeah, that guy's the best. Uh, and it's always a debatable thing. Well, it's the same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody wants to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. and, and Julio Jones and A.J. Green and, and, you know, name your guy. Mm-hmm. And they're all fantastic. But this guy might be the best, and nobody really wants to give him the credit for being the best. He's more underrated than Jalen is. But, I mean, this is one of those times where it's okay to say great. In today's game, this is a great matchup. This is a great wide receiver. This is a great cornerback. Now, where are they in terms of greatness historically? I'm not sure. But on Sunday, and then again in a couple of months in London, we get to see this matchup a couple times a year. And again, I don't think we talk about it enough, man. I mean, these two guys, this is a battle that's so good because you know DeAndre Hopkins is going to catch some passes. And that's not always the case. If Jalen Ramsey lines up against one guy the entire game, what will we most likely say? That guy probably won't even be targeted very much, and he probably won't have many catches, maybe one for eight yards or something like that, or maybe he gets free and beats Jalen one time. Yeah. Well, this is different. They're going to target him 10 times, 11 times, 12 times. And as I said at the top of the show, that could change a little bit because of the absence of A.J. Boye, if that's the case Sunday. But then he's going to catch. DeAndre Hopkins still going to have six, seven catches at least. Heck, he might have upwards of eight or nine catches. And uh, you know, if you put all that into context... I think it's just such a fun battle. It's a great game within a game on Sunday in Houston. Absolutely. And, you know, we all, we've been hearing about this whole year, Brent Deshaun Watson, you know, is he the real deal? Is he going to be like the next big thing at the quarterback position? Well, you have to remember a little bit where I think Deshaun Watson, you know, could achieve greatness is a lot to do with Hopkins, you know, catching those balls. I, th- I think it's sure. kind of the, the let's talk about, let's call it the Allen Robinson effect, right? Like, uh, I think Allen Robinson made Blake Bortles a better quarterback than maybe Blake Bortles really was. Because whether if, if you go through the history of time here with the Houston Texans, you know, whether it was Matt Schaub, whether it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Ryan Mallett, Case Keenum, Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, uh, it always seemed like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was getting his catches. And that's not the easiest thing to do when you don't have a subpar quarterback. But it seems like it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. They're going to throw him the ball because they respect him that much. And we were talking about, you know, one of the best corners in the game and Jalen Ramsey, while most teams won't throw his direction, I think when you have a, a pretty solid talent in Deshaun Watson and you have a guy like you know Hopkins who embraces the challenge, because what have we heard all week? We've heard Hopkins talk about how he's looking forward to this matchup. He always does because he respects Jalen Ramsey. A, a lot of guys would say, man, I hope Jalen Ramsey doesn't cover me. I hope he goes to the other side of the field. But Hopkins embraces that challenge, and that's what you want out of a leader of your team. That's what you want out of a, of a very good wide receiver. What you just said, by the way, is one of the reasons, Austin, that I sometimes say Watson's overhyped. Mm. He's got the best receiver in the game as, as a disposal, you know, as, a, yeah. as an outlet, as a, as a hey, if, if I get in trouble, just throw it up to this guy, and nine times out of ten he's going to catch it. You know, if, if quarterbacks had that guy, they'd all be a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, just they'd all be a little bit better. I mean, Deshaun Watson has this guy to bail him out. And I'm not saying he doesn't put it in a good spot. I'm not, again, this is not me hammer. Like, later on, we might hammer Cam Newton. I'm yeah. not hammering Deshaun Watson. I'm just saying, in my opinion, the level of Watson love that he gets 
is a little bit much for me, and partly because of the greatness of DeAndre Hopkins, who doesn't get the love and respect that he probably deserves. You're absolutely right. You know, and to kind of prove that Cam Newton point, I think when Cam Newton had guys like Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Punches to throw to, uh, you saw a little more success. But now that he has a younger wide receiving core who, you know, may not be a bunch of household names, well, now you're seeing Cam Newton start to struggle a little bit. Like we said, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, I mean, it kind of works hand in hand, right? Like, is it Deshaun Watson that makes Hopkins so great, or is it Hopkins that makes Deshaun, you know, Watson so great and does it go the other way? And I think when you've seen the, the history of the Houston Texans, regardless of who was throwing Hopkins the ball, I thought the quarterbacks were serviceable just because of, of Hopkins. So, you know, I still think Watson is a great quarterback. I think the fact that he's still dual threat guy but he actually has the ability to beat you with his arm um is telling especially now in the nfl but yeah it also helps having a guy you can just throw the ball up to and say go get it you know you brought up a good point too if you look back and this is another feather in the cap of hopkins as we continue to applaud how good this guy is and i mean think about the quarterbacks he played with you know before watson I mean, it was a turnstile of quarterbacks, yeah. and he was catching passes from guys that were really not good in the NFL. But at the same time, they could be better at times. He bailed them out. But it, it, it's not like uh, it's not like Jerry Rice who had Joe Montana and Steve Young in his career. You know, I no, mean, DeAndre but... Hopkins has had a he's had a lot of different quarterbacks, and it works both ways. He's bailed them out, but mm-hmm. his numbers could have been even better. And right now, his numbers are probably better because Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback he's played with. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, think about it, though. It goes to show you, because you got guys like, you know, Brian Hoyer. I mean, Brian Hoyer was serviceable for a little bit. Well, he had Hopkins to throw to. You look at Brock Osweiler. I think Brock Osweiler, you know, I mean, obviously came in a rough situation, but was still serviceable when he was throwing DeAndre Hopkins. So you have all these guys who played in Houston when they went on and knew different teams. Well, they didn't do so hot. So that's just it's, it's another testament to just how great Hopkins really is. Hey, what's a good day for Ramsey? On Sunday, yeah. in terms of limiting numbers, let's put it in numbers terms. What do you think a good day is for Ramsey? And opposite of that, what would be a, a, considered almost a great day for Hopkins mm-hmm. working against Ramsey and to be able to produce? So I think Hopkins, what he got targeted, I want to say 13. 13 and caught 11. There you go, against the Saints. You know, And they have a pretty good guy in Lattimore, Brent. I mean, he's, he, he's no slouch at all. Um, Lattimore is the guy that always follows the one receiver, and he does pretty damn well when he's on him. So you got to think that Houston's still going to expose, depending if A.J. Boy is playing, but I don't think it really matters because they're still giving the ball to Hopkins. It's just what they do. So with that being said, you know, I'm definitely going to see another 10, maybe 11 target kind of day. And I think if Jalen Ramsey can hold Hopkins realistically to – I think if he holds him to six, seven catches, that's a, that's a good day. I mean, that's honestly a, a pretty dang good day, and that's taking into account where any time a guy gets six, seven catches in an NFL game, if you got him in fantasy, you're, you're rolling right now. You know, you're, you're, you're enjoying it, but that's just another day at the office for Hopkins. Yeah, keep in mind, too, when you talk about Hopkins, he does get away with, like, pass interference all the time. Like, he's a big extend-the-arm, push-off guy. Big yeah. time. Yeah. And so, Jalen, I mean, you have to deal with that part. They're not calling that all the time, and they mm-hmm. won't call it. They respect Hopkins. I think he gets that. But it's it's hard to defend him a lot because of that, not because his hands are so good, but because he gets away with that nudge a lot. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how they call that uh, this weekend in Houston. One other thought, it's a tough play against Hopkins and Watson is that slant. And we've seen Jalen beat on it several times because you got to respect the deep and yeah. everything else beyond. But that slant on the timing between Watson and uh, 
and Hopkins has been very effective uh, in the past. Hey, I want to give you a quick little thing before we head to break. Just some of the thoughts from Doug Marone, because we talked about Ngakwe and Boye and also Cam Robinson. And I just think it's better if you hear it from what Doug Marone said. Uh, you won't hear it. I'm going to read it to you right now for a, a bit. Yannick Ngakwe, he said, uh, I found out yesterday around 4.30, 5 o'clock, they told me they weren't going to let him play. Ngakwe wants to play in the game. The doctors are keeping him out. And by the way, I can say something similar. Last night during Jaguars All Access, uh, we were talking about it a little bit, and there was a feeling... Uh, amongst the guys there and in our conversations that it might be tough for Ngakwe to play on Sunday. So they didn't know that yesterday, it sounds like. A.J. Boye, uh, Marone said, I'd probably think, probably doubtful, you know. We'll be ready to... We'll We'll be ready to go. We're planning on him probably not playing. I'm sure he's going to give it everything he has to be healthy. And then on Cam Robinson, he's actually cleared to play, but I'm going to keep him out, is what Marone said. Uh, And along the lines of what we were talking about, he said, I just want to make sure he gets the work in. He missed a lot of training camp. He's missed a lot. We'll go with the same group we had. So I think it kind of speaks to let's get this guy more reps in practice, make sure he's really ready to go instead of getting hurt and coming back a little bit too early, Austin. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially at the tackle position, Brent, it is all about confidence, right? Um, if you see a left tackle or right tackle that lack confidence in the pass rush game, it can be a vicious cycle and it can be a slippery slope uh, that can hurt their career. You know, So when you have a guy that's coming off that serious injury like Cam Robinson is, you know, and he comes back maybe a little too early, he gets hurt again, and now they're going to rest him. I'm I'm for that. Like, but once again, I just ask you know, pump the brakes a little bit and let's see what we have with AJ Can. You know, if AJ Can comes out against Houston and has a better day, then so be it. But if he's going to show that he's going to be a liability against that Houston Texans defensive line, well, then you got to start asking the question: Do we rush Cam back a little bit sooner than he's expected to, to, to play at? Because I get it. You want to keep the guys healthy, but at the same time, it's the NFL, man. Uh, guys have you know bumps and bruises all the time i mean yeah. no one's really playing 100 no, percent. but 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 you have to keep in mind though you can't let cam robinson have another setback that is the most important thing think about the questions they've had on the offensive line think about who they play in the first six weeks kansas city did have chris jones and frank clark obviously houston and jj watt and merciless in that group coming up sunday then after that the titans on thursday on a short week and then after that, it's Chubb and Vaughn Miller in Denver. And then Carolina, I mean, we'll see about Carolina, but usually pretty formidable on defense. And then you get the New Orleans Saints, who should, at least on paper, have a good defense. It's yeah. a tough matchup the first six weeks for the offensive line. And actually, they did a decent job uh, a week ago overall, considering some of the question marks. Hey, when we come back, balling and falling, but it really turns into, at least from my vantage point, Cam Newton a little bit. This is a Cam Newton conversation in balling and falling as well. Coming up on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6.9. Caught me off guard a little bit there, but it mean, it makes sense. You know, uh, we were going to do some game plan stuff where I was going to play a little three for, you know, uh, you know, 11 personnel. And then when Marcel couldn't play, you know, kind of just kept me in there. And, you know, I did it most of my career, so I was used to it. But it has been a while, you know, and uh, definitely wasn't my best game. But I'm looking forward to more opportunities to get in there and, and cause some damage. That's Calais Campbell last night on Jaguars All Access at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. Make sure you check us out each and every Thursday, 7 o'clock at Mellow Mushroom. And as I say that, of course, next week we'll be thrown for a loop because it's a Wednesday night show. The Jaguars play on Thursday night. So hang with us with the scheduling. Wednesday next week at Mellow Mushroom for Jaguars All Access. Thursday's there on after. There are a couple of days because of the London trip and Thanksgiving that it gets altered a little bit. But uh, always check back and and, uh, we'll let you know when the show is. But 
primarily on Thursday night. We also want to remind you we have Monday night show now in Jacksonville at Top Golf called Jags Report Live. That one on CBS 47 at 7 o'clock. Hopefully you can come out and be a part of that. We had a lot of fun this past Monday, and hopefully we'll be talking a little bit more Minshew and maybe a Jags win over Houston this coming Monday night. Basically on the TV side, we got you covered uh, every day of the week on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We have shows all over the place, and tomorrow we debut the 2019 edition of SEC Tonight at 7 o'clock on CBS 47, a college football show. And that's in addition to uh, every Saturday and Sunday Action Sports Jacks primetime all year long at 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47. I just feel better when I tell you all about it. I'm not really uh, thinking that you're going to absorb everything I just said there, Austin. But I just feel like I, at least I can push it out there and tell you all the shows that we have. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely uh, it's, it's the right thing to do, Brent. Now, was I looking at maybe something else on Twitter that <laughs> I probably should have been looking at? Was I looking out maybe some new snowboards coming out this this winter that I might get, even though Look I'm going to go home for like... that tattoo you spent four hours on today? I mean, there's a new tattoo that I spent four hours on as well, so I'm checking that out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm still here, dude. Like, I mean, I'm here physically. I'm I here for it. you. I don't. So. As, well, that's it. You don't even have to acknowledge it. It's probably better that we're not in the same place, so it doesn't look like you're ignoring me. I just feel better when I say it. It feels better to say, "Hey, hey, we're putting a lot of uh, shows together, and you guys should really watch Action Sports Jacks on TV, just like you should watch Action News Jacks on TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30." It's Jeff on the DVR. knows where I'm coming from, right? That's a professional segue right there, my friend. <laughs> and I can I can actually vouch for Austin. He was absolutely paying no attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the tattoo does look good, and the snowboards look pretty cool, too. Yeah, man. There's new snowboards coming out, Brad. Yeah. Get excited, dude. Uh, what you got? Uh, um, hey, by the way, I just yep. put out there on Twitter, we're going to talk Cam Newton. Who did look better yesterday? Oh. Me in the Minshew or qu- Cam Newton on the podium? Well, Cam always looks good, but I was not a fan of whatever that was that he had going on there. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with uh, Minshew Mania, but I'm a homer, so... I mean, I feel like these guys get dressed by second-year-old, ki- second-grade kids. It's all about the shot factor, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was it rocking is. the Thelma and Louise kind of look last Did night. Did he have the shorts on too? Like the suit and the short pants? Because oh, that's the see, thing. I didn't see the, no, I didn't see the didn't. bottom portion. No, he didn't. Okay. I mean, you can't play like that and lose and dress like Thank that. Thank you. He should have mm. come out in sweats. Listen, mm. like exactly. If you're the best quarterback in the world, Brent, like if you're Tom Brady. Then by all means. I mean, you're married to Giselle. She's into fashion. If you want to rock what Cam Newton was rocking, yeah, we might make fun of you for it, but at least you're the best quarterback well, Tom in the world. Tom has worn some crazy stuff, too. True. He has. I mean, he's True. But he's some, the best ever. He can, he's, and that's, he can get away I, with that, it. Absolutely. You, you, you can't come out, lose the Bucks at home, and look like Thelma and Louise. You just can't do it. Sorry. Uh, we will, talk, we will I mean, talk more about Cam Newton I, in a I moment. Know. I know. <laughs> it was Thelma Louise. It's little basque. Yeah. Yeah. Getting ready to drive that team right off the cliff. Oh, wow. There it is. Well, well they're on two, man. What do you want me to tell you? That's yeah, it. That yeah, that was bad. That was That's ugly, it. too. And he's my fantasy quarterback no more. I'm putting golf oh, in. Oh, Brent's like benching golf. him. Wow. Hey, you know what's funny is he threw for 333 yards or something, right? So, something, 350 or something like that, but couldn't get him in the end zone. And inaccurate as heck. I mean, 50% of his passes. Can you imagine if, like... Bortles had a game. Oh, well, Bortles probably did. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's focus on the future, Brent. Let's focus on the future. Uh, well, okay, uh, I'll focus on the future. Nick Foles is on the bench. Uh, can't play. And, by the way, he won't make the trip to Houston. 
uh, although he'll be in meetings and everything like that. How's he supposed to be the assistant uh, offensive coordinator from think, uh, know, not from the bench? I think he will join them on the road. That's my oh, guess. Okay, but it's just not this week because some of the recovery stuff from the surgery. Uh, it, that's my guess. I don't know if he will go on the road after this. Like I don't know. Do I see him going to London? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think they really want to utilize Nick Foles. So it'll be interesting to see if he does travel with the team uh, at times or all the time. Uh, for the next couple of months. All right, man, what do you got coming up tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30? Well, you, uh, you're you at your game of the week, but you know uh, Mandarin and Bartram are playing tonight. Yes, big and, game. Huge um, game. Yeah, huge game. And Mandarin had a little bit of a scare today. I saw that. Yeah, they had a um, a report of a student with a gun. It, oh, they didn't, they never geez. found the gun, but they did find the stu- find a student, and so they've got the situation taken care of. But it was it was in lockdown for a little bit today, so it was a bit of a bit of a scare. I don't know if that's going to have any impact on on the game as far as you know the players and how they react to that. I doubt it. But um, I, I thought I'd bring that up as a story we're going to be covering because it it, it will uh, relate to the the sports crowd. Um, and then of course we're tracking the storm in the uh, near the Bahamas right now. Uh, it's going to be soon to be named Umberto. Umberto. Uh, but it's I not. I feel like I said that better yesterday when I had my mustache on. <laughs> I, I, I think it's all state of mind, baby. Yeah. But no, the reality is this thing's um, uh, dropping a lot of rain uh, on the Bahamas, which of course doesn't really need that right now, uh, and it's going to be strengthening. But the good news is the latest tracks seem to have this thing curving way east. In fact, it. I mean, Burrish is going to have another look at it at five o'clock when a half an hour. Or so uh, again, another shameless plug to watch Action News Jacks at five. But he will have the latest information. But his gut is telling him that this thing's going to keep curving and will have, other than you know, increased rip current effect at our coast and and maybe a higher tide because we are talking about a, a full moon as well. Uh, a really, basically a non-event for us, which we are certainly hoping for. Yeah, it's incredible, the two tracks of these storms. Now, one moved a heck of a lot slower, this one a lot faster, that one was a lot more powerful as well, but the tracks look to be pretty similar, uh, the way they're kind of going off our coast. And, and this one could even be farther out than Dorian was. Yeah. Okay, yep. and well, uh, so. kiss it goodbye, baby, because we got a golf tournament That's on right. Monday. That's right, priorities. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, man, coming up, CBS 47, Fox 30 at 5 o'clock, uh, 5 until 7. You can check John and Tanika and Mike Burrish, get your latest on that uh, that tropical forecast. Yeah, have a good... Oh, yeah, go ahead, yeah, Austin. Real quick, I want to get your thoughts on the, the Minnesota Vikings going to Lambeau Field oh, real quick. Oh, man, thank you for asking. Plus two. They're, well, the uh, yeah, Packers are favored by two, two and a half, I think. I think it's two, two and a half. Which is some... basically the home field advantage, right? Correct, yes. Which is yeah. where it should be, in my opinion. This yeah. is going to be a great game. I don't think you've gambled before. Uh, <laughs> 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 only when legal, only when it's legal. Um, uh, no, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, of course, is Aaron Rodgers. Yes. The Pack's defense is much improved. Uh but I think the Vikings' defense is much improved, and I think the Vikes' offense is much improved. Yeah. Dalvin Cook is a stud, yes. and um, I think they haven't even really utilized Cousins or, or Thielen or Diggs uh, or Rudolph mm-hmm. or the kid they drafted, the tight end they drafted. I'm drawing a blank on which one Ernest they drafted. Yes, yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. So um, I think, look, you never want to predict that the Vikings go into Lambeau and, sure. and win, but I'm going to do it. No, I'm, the I'm Vikings are going to go in there and win that game. Now, only because Rodgers hasn't 
quite peaked yet. Yeah. I think we, the only way we can maybe catch him is because he's maybe not quite right. Dude, ready uh, yet. I'm with you, and I'm, really? I'm I'm dealing with a bunch of you know obviously hate back home now where uh, I'm probably yeah. be disowned by a lot of people. But absolutely, I'm rolling with you. Yeah. I love by it. the way, Austin, I just got invited to the 40. You're no longer invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun, man. Have fun paying 50 bucks for a case of beer because you're an out of towner. What is it for in towners? Oh, so uh, here's the quick, real quick story. So if, if you go to the 40 and, you know, because they, they only have beer in the gas stations until about midnight, you can't buy it. So then you have to go to your, you know, local watering establishment, yes. your, your local bar, your tavern. And if you go in the tavern, if they don't recognize you, they'll, they'll charge you about like 50 bucks for a case of beer. If, if they know you, if you went to school with somebody that they know, then it's like, you know, it's standard 20 bucks for a case of beer. So there you have it. Yeah, they charge, so they they it. charge an out-of-town tax. Oh, of course, man. Like Got it. In school, out-of-school tuition. Exactly, I mean, man. That's the way it goes. Hey, it's, it's Wisconsin. It's yeah. Wisconsin. It is Wisconsin. Wisconsin. All right, man. All have right. a good weekend. John Thanks, Fox, guys. Catch him on CBS 47 and Fox 30 along with uh, Tanika Hughes and Mike Burrish. Hey, uh, keep your balling and falling close because we're going to do that and more Cam Newton talk. I promised it. We'll get to it. Just I want to stay on time. Coos will really like me if I do that. So <laughs> let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Cam Newton talk plus a little balling fallen. Well, about an hour or so left. We've got a game tonight here at 6 o'clock, so we'll break a little early on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 695.45 pregame show brought to you by Mr. Chubby's Wings. And we're looking forward to Andrew Jackson hosting Westside in our Action Sports Shacks game of the week on high school football fields tonight. And then a little bit later, the Friday Night Blitz, of course. We'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome back from Andrew Jackson High School Game of the Week on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, plus on Friday Night Blitz on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We have all the video highlights. You can watch the game and listen to the game on all the platforms. You do the same here on our show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6, Action Sports Jacks on the radio. Brent Martineau here, Austin Lane, back in the studios, uh, nursing that new tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's today? Did it hurt today? No. Or you got that all out of the way the last time? No, so usually... Don't play tough guy. You know what I mean oh, by it hurts. Oh, I know. I know. Um, yes, you know, Brent, since you're kind of new to the whole tattoo game, usually how it works is the first session that you go in, you get the outline done, you know, so that's just basically called, like, the fine point stuff. Yeah. And then after that, then comes, like, the shading and the coloring. So today was more of, like, filling the tattoo in now. And usually we were talking about that. Uh, it doesn't hurt as bad because you think about it when you're coloring in something, it uses a lot more needles than as opposed to, to like the, the line work when you're first starting out. So that's only like a couple needles as opposed to the shading and coloring, which uses a lot more needles. And if you think about it, and I'm, I'm not a physics guy, but if you have more pressure with a lot more points, um, it, it takes the pain off. So no, it, it didn't hurt today at all. Um, it was very therapeutic. Oh, very good. I had to um, cancel my tattoo session today on my shin area okay. because uh, Kaylee blew up my shin with a drop ball earlier in the week. Yeah, hey, and I understand, Brent. Like, listen, this lifestyle is not for everybody. Maybe just me and Alex Magoo. Um, I understand it's not for everybody, and it's asking a lot of yourself. So, Kaylee, I understand you probably feel bad about the whole shin thing, but maybe it worked out for the best. Yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got um, seams now on my shin <laughs> instead. <laughs> So it's still kind of a tattoo. <laughs> it is a tattoo. Yeah. I got tattooed. Let's yeah. just say that. Yes. It hurt. It still hurts, by the way, a lot. Um, anyway, uh, I don't really have to get the tattoo. If people are just jumping in on the show, and I know we get millions and millions of more listeners every day. Um, and if that continues, 
I don't have to get a tattoo until we are convincingly, like daily, number one in the ratings here in Jacksonville well, in the afternoon. Uh, okay, I, I didn't think we established daily. I thought it was when we're the it number one rated show. You didn't well, say every single day. Well, well, I mean, across the board. Like I, This isn't like, hey, we peaked one one day and we won the ratings. Well, that's what I, that's what I was expecting because I, I'm planning on doing a show here in the next couple months where I'm going to have like 10 celebrities coming at the same time and just have one kind of blowout <laughs> yeah. show, put all the eggs in one basket, and hopefully it works out where we get the highest ratings for that day, and then you have to get tattooed. I wasn't aware we had to, we had to maintain. No, we have to maintain. Oh, it, we have to be like uh, we we haven't really set those ground, but it's not a one time performance. Let's just say that. Well, then I'm gonna tell JLo that she has to reschedule now because I had her coming because <laughs> she's getting ready to do the halftime Super Bowl show, and I wanted to hype her up a little bit. Obviously, being with ESPN Radio, uh, she was gonna come on, but now all the whole schedule's messed up, Brent. I don't know. I think JLo's a bit of front runner too. I think we're gonna have to get out in front to get her. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you tell JLo she's more. Than welcome to come on anytime. Sounds like a plan. Um, any anytime. Maybe we'll see her down at the Super Bowl uh, in Miami in February. All right, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Friday. Let's get into the Cam Newton stuff, balling and falling. Let's go balling real quick. I'm going to give you my ball, and I, I think I have to do this. I hate the New York Yankees. Yeah, you do. Hate them. But I saw a graphic yesterday. I didn't realize this. I knew they were in first place, uh, obviously, in the AL East by a ton. And I knew they had the best record in the American League, and they were going back and forth with Houston. But I didn't realize until last night when I watched this, and they have the best record in baseball by a couple of games. Yeah. And I know the Dodgers, of course, are in the mix, and the Braves are in the mix, and Houston. And But I think it is worth it. hit me then. I was like, i got to give these guys a little bit of credit. They've had like 30 players, I think, hit injured reserve or the, the you know, uh, whatever they call it now. What do they call that? I think it's the injured list, they call it, the IL, yeah. uh, which is weird. But instead of the 15-day disabled list. But anyway, they've had a ton of guys out. I mean, a guy that's making $300 million, who I really am not a huge fan of, is, is John Carlos Stanton. But he's hardly played. I mean, Aaron Judge didn't play for the first couple of months. He's only got like 20-something home runs. Uh, it, it's pretty incredible what the New York Yankees have done to this point. What will be the question is, and I hope this is the case, are they a regular season team because of the amount of home runs in their powerful lineup? more than they are a postseason team. And they have been that at times recently in the postseason. So I'll be, will, I'll be uh, interested to see how that shakes out. But I've got to give a little bit of credit to the New York Yankees, man. Uh, they're balling for me. Well, absolutely, especially when you consider Aaron Hicks, who was my leadoff man player of the year. <laughs> leadoff and, player uh, of the year. Leadoff player of the year. You know, that, that First very, one ever, by the way. That very prestigious <laughs> award that ESPN 690 hands out, and he hasn't played that much either. So, yes, the Yankees are, are finding a way to win regardless. But it's like you said, I mean, can that sustain uh, through, the, through the playoffs in October? We shall see. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not for your sake. Uh, Brent, so my ball, did you see the video of Zion golfing? Zion Williamson. I didn't. Okay, so Zion Williamson was on a golf course. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question here, so because you're a golfer, Zion Williamson was in a video <clears throat> taking one of his very first golf shots. What do you think happened? If he was taking his one of his first, he, he, so he's not a golfer. This oh, guy never really done this from the video, Brent. This guy is not much of a golfer. That is correct. Okay, I think he looked uh, cross between Coos and Charles Barkley. Okay, uh, so he actually had a pretty good hit, but apparently he hit the ball so hard that the club actually broke off, like at the <laughs> at the tip. And I get that happens a lot, but it wasn't like you know he shanked it and like hit the ground first. I mean, he hit the ball flush. 
It's just that when he hit the, you know, the club broke. And what a, what a more Zion Williamson thing to do than break a club uh, one of your first times golfing. Yeah, that's uh, powerful stuff. Yeah. Unless somebody was playing a joke on him, but I doubt that was the case. Uh, yeah. All right, time for Fallen. What will be your Fallen? Uh, so listen, Brent, you know I'm a big hockey guy, right? And yeah. I support the hockey traditions. I, I love the sport. I think it's one of the best sports there is. Unfortunately, I can't come along with this hockey tradition that has started in Russia, where in a hockey league, um, a team, uh, a player that gets player of the game in this league receives an AK-47. Oh, my gosh. That's, uh, that's got to be a Russian thing, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty unique. Yes. Uh, okay, speaking of unique, let's talk about Cam Newton. That's my fallen. Okay. I, I, I have said, much like Deshaun Watson, um... Like I, I started the week with Deshaun Watson, and I said, I think he's a little bit overhyped. And I referenced Cam Newton. Uh, and, and by the way, Watson proved me wrong on that Monday night because of the magic again. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton is a superhuman-looking guy, right? He's a superhero-looking uh, guy. They don't make many athletes like that, that. He is LeBron James-esque in terms of the, the build of an athlete, especially at the quarterback position. He went to a Super Bowl. He went 15-1 and one that regular season. I think he was MVP that year, right? Is that right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Let me he had a great year. Let's just, it doesn't even matter. Okay. He's, got a, he's had, a great, had a great year. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of promise. He was a good football player. I've always thought Cam Newton was overhyped. You know, in the last five years, we talked Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles. You know what I used to bring up when everybody talked Blake Bortles and about the completion percentage and the accuracy? Who's that? Cam Newton. Yeah. Cam Newton, in, a, from, in terms of an accuracy standpoint, and don't look at last year's stats. They dumped it down to McCaffrey. If you saw the stat in the game <laughs> yeah. last year, I mean last night, they said how he threw it deep less than anybody else in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. And his numbers definitely went up from a short pass standpoint. I think he was up about 67%. Look at the rest of his career. And look at his completion percentage. And it hasn't been good. He's not an accurate passer. The difference is... He threw a really pretty ball, and Blake Bortles threw a wobbler. And, by the way, I'm not trying to say Blake Bortles was better than Cam Newton. I'm just trying to say that they're really not that far apart from a quarterbacking standpoint. I don't think he's been very good. He had a great year that one year. They went to the Super Bowl. His accuracy has never been good. When he runs the ball and he's healthy, he's more effective. Absolutely. I just think Cam Newton, man, this is not new for me. He's gotten beat up now, and yes, that is new. And, and that's harder to over, overcome. And he's getting more beat up, and it looks like he's not able to recover from it. He's probably not even the same guy he was a few years ago. But I've just never been on this hype train that Cam Newton was an elite player in the NFL. He really hasn't been, in my opinion, other than the one year. I don't know how you sit on it, but this isn't that much new for me on the Cam Newton front. No, and I, and I completely agree with you here, Brent. Um, it's kind of like I talked about yesterday a little bit. It, it comes down to the injuries, you know, and we saw Carolina open the playbook up a little, little more last night where he's throwing some bombs, you know, to Samuel and more. But then in doing that, it was kind of a weird situation where they didn't really give the ball to McCaffrey a lot, and I feel like if you have Christian McCaffrey on your team, you give that guy the ball as many times as possible. Um, 
I think the thing with Cam Newton, you know, coming up in the league, and listen, I played against him a couple times, and it's like you mentioned, Brent. He, this guy is an absolute specimen. He's probably the biggest specimen uh, at the quarterback position that I ever played against. You know, I mean, yeah, there's guys. Be, man. They don't make anybody no, like him. I mean, yeah, there's guys like Big Ben, and yeah, they call him Big Ben for a reason. But like, you know, Big Ben's like the like, the, like your typical quarterback. You know, he, he might have a little bit of a beer belly or a little bit of a gut on him. But like, you know, Cam Newton is built like a a bona fide defensive end playing the quarterback position. And I think where he always kind of got away with being a great quarterback, especially his MVP year, was when he could run the ball. I think if you make him one-dimensional, whether it's, you know, doing like a QB spy or if he's dealing with injuries where he can't run and you just make him be that pocket passer, that's not what he's comfortable doing because he hasn't done that maybe since, I don't know, middle school for all I know. So you can just kind of really tell when he's sitting back there, not really moving. He's kind of patting his feet a little bit. He just he doesn't look comfortable throwing the ball, and I'm not sure if that's more of an injury thing or it's more of the fact that you know greg olson now who's always been a security blanket is kind of up there in age they don't have that big receiver like a kelvin benjamin or devin Funches where cam can kind of just throw the ball up there and watch them go get it they have more of the short receivers now that have more speed and then like you mentioned you know christian caffrey who is uh mccaffrey's who is the ultimate security blanket where you can just kind of throw the ball to him you know five yards down the field and that kind of boosts up your numbers a little bit but uh, I'm right with you, Brent. I've, I've never really been sold the past couple of years in Cam Newton either. And starting out 0-2, and I get it. You played a good Rams team in your stadium. They beat you fair and square. Uh, good on them. But, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should have been a game that the Panthers won. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, uh, I think we in sports sometimes, and especially in football and especially at the quarterback position. Mo- and, by the way, scouts have done this, not fans or anybody else, but scouts have done this, is it's a beauty contest. And it's the reason why, you know, guys like Dak Prescott maybe or even a guy like uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's a better example of this, goes in the third round. Why? Because he's a couple of inches shorter than he should be. That's the prototypical quarterback should be. Mm-hmm. But nobody really wants to buy in. They'll buy into the stat line of six foot nothing instead of six foot three, but they don't want to buy into all the leadership qualities, the big hands. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, doesn't give it to another team, makes good decisions. All the, they don't want to buy into that. They don't want to invest into that. They want to invest into check that box, check that box. Well, Cam Newton checks the damn boxes, man. I mean, it's unbelievable. Talk about a beauty contest, and Cam Newton is this beautiful specimen of an athlete. No matter what sport he was playing, it's unbelievable. Six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds. I mean, he could have the Superman cape on yeah. uh, if you looked at him from a from an athlete standpoint and tried to relate him to a superhero. And then he does throw a pretty ball. I mean, the spiral comes out of his hand, but it's not accurate. It's it's not always great decisions. And this has been more than just last year when he was hurt and, yes, last night and and these two games of the season. I think people don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it because it looks so pretty all the time. Well, it really doesn't if you look at the numbers. Even some of his completions yesterday, I think he was 25 of 51, they were not in good spots. I think his receivers bailed him out at times. He is not an accurate quarterback. And what have we learned around here? What did we learn with Blake Bortles? is that you got to be accurate. You don't have to throw the beautiful ball. You have to be accurate. Look what happened last week. Gardner Minshew had success. Why? Because he put the ball in the right place. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to do it again, but he had success last week because he put it in the right place where receivers expected it. So this isn't a crusade against Cam Newton, although I wish he would dress a little different sometimes because these <laughs> things are getting a little crazy. That That is your quarterback, Brent. That is, he is 
re- representing Team Martino right now in fantasy football for you. I just think, Austin, I think we fooled ourselves on Cam Newton. I really do. I think and we fell in love with the specimen, the beauty contest part of Cam Newton, and I'm not sure he ever really was or is or has been outside of that one year an elite quarterback. But I can throw you a year on a lot of different quarterbacks, and Blake Bortles included, that he had some good stretches to help get them to an AFC championship game, and then that wasn't the way it was. So I'm not faulting anybody for buying into it. I'm just saying I think the evidence has been there more often than not that this guy really isn't an elite player you know what and here's the thing Brent and I kind of consider Cam Newton a throwback quarterback now what do I mean by calling him a throwback quarterback because he's he's a dual threat guy I think that you know if you look at the top quarterbacks your Aaron Rodgers your Russell Wilson's your Patrick Mahomes they use their feet to set up the pass I think Cam uses Cam Newton uses the pass to set up his feet, and that's what's got him in trouble the past couple of years. Where he'll take off and run with it before he tries to you know throw that ball through in the tight window. As opposed to when you watch Aaron Rodgers, who I think is probably the best candidate of this. You know, Aaron Rodgers always has the ability to take off and run, Brent. He's uh, he yes. his athleticism is super underrated, and that was something that we had to take into account when we're game planning for him. Where we had to stay in our lanes because if we didn't, you know, he was gonna he was gonna take off for 20 yards, get a touchdown, and do the discount double check on you. Um, but th- that's kind of the beauty of it is where you use the feet to set up the pass. And I think Cam Newton has relied on his feet a little bit too much and not trying to find the open man. And regardless of how big you are, if you are built like a defensive end, that's great. But you're still taking those shots, man, and you're starting to see those shots add up now. Yeah, and that, but that's part of the equation now. You know, whether you agree with me or not, and I know it isn't the, the best thing to say all the time. People don't want to jump on that train that Cam Newton, how do you mean? What are you talking about? He was an elite player. He was, the, he was headed that way, but now all the injuries, that's fine. I mean, the injuries certainly have played a role in the last year and a half or so and maybe even beyond. And, and I, I get that part. I'm just more of the guy that's quietly under the radar for the last few years really said, wait a minute, let's not go crazy about Cam Newton. So that being said, Austin, I think it's a major storyline in Carolina. Where, like, Is he going to be effective this year, or is this going to be Cam Newton week in, week out uh, for the Carolina Panthers? And now all of a sudden that week five game to me doesn't, seem as daunting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, listen, and then this kind of begs the question as well, you know, not to get off topic or anything, but with uh, with Jameis Winston as well, where, you know, he's another former first-round pick who hasn't played to the best of his abilities. He looked okay last night, but can he sustain that the whole season? Because you have a Buccaneers team who was ready to roll with Fitz, Fitzpatrick last year, you know, until he kind of had a little falling out. And it kind of begs the question, I mean, how committed are you to these quarterbacks? Because a lot of talk was the fact that Tampa Bay was probably going to draft a quarterback this year, just in case Jameis didn't work out. Well, they didn't do that in the first couple rounds, and now I think if, you, if you're at Cam Newton, you know, and you're in the Carolina Panthers, you're 0-2 right now, we'll see how this season plays out, but is it almost time to maybe draft a quarterback next year and start, you know, pushing him maybe out of the way a little bit? I mean, you yeah. have to at least ask the question. Yeah, I think it's a fair question to ask, and you know, when you're talking about Jameis Winston, I remember around draft time, we are doing this show, and we said it, that Tampa should seriously look at one of these QBs, if they like one, mm-hmm. and they should think about it. Because they do not know about Jameis Winston. And these first two weeks are a clear indication. Three interceptions last week, plays a little bit better, helps them win on the road this week, although I feel like they got a lot of help from Carolina. Mm-hmm. Still, they won the game. That's what happens in the NFL. But I, don't, I think the book is out on him, man. We do not know. And really, the evidence has leaned toward the idea that he won't be elite, won't be that franchise quarterback. But I think they're still holding on hope. And I don't mind them holding on to that hope. 
But I've seen this play out right here in Jacksonville. And the Jaguars didn't go get more quarterback play, whether it was young or old, competition for Blake Bortles. And that kind of blew up in their face at the end of the day. I think Tampa Bay missed an opportunity this year to go get a young quarterback and at least have a safety valve where they could start grooming this next guy. And really in the perfect world kind of situation where not people, most people aren't allowed to do when you have a top 10 pick in the NFL anymore, they could have actually sat him behind Winston and let him sit all year, especially if Winston were to play well. Mm-hmm. There's no problem with having two good players at that position. Why? Everybody thinks you just have to have one because there's just one that plays. Well, if it's the most important position in sports, why don't guys take more of a gamble on that position earlier in the draft and try to load up, much like the college folks do, where they have three five-stars <laughs> in Athens for the University of Georgia? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a great debate there, but I remember around draft time saying Tampa Bay should really look into getting one of these young guys if they like one of these young guys. Because this is a golden opportunity. They are not sold on Winston. They could let him walk next year, and then they'll be looking for that young quarterback. But they might not be picking in the top six like they were this year. So uh, it's a fascinating part of it. But everybody's in such win-now mode. Their jobs are on the line. I think the GMs and the coaches and everybody else are afraid to do that. And that would be the right move. The right move is to invest in the quarterback spot as much as you can. I've said it before. I think every two years, teams should pick a quarterback. Not necessarily with the first-round pick, but they should pick a quarterback and spin the wheels on a young player, whether it's the fourth round, sixth round, and always keep people in the rotation at the QB spot. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's hard to focus on the future when you're concerned about winning today, I guess. Um, quick, quick question for you here. So you're, you're building a team. You have the options between Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Who are you taking? I tell you what, that's a really good question. I think I would take Jameis Winston over Cam Newton. Yeah, because I know he's healthy. Yeah, and and I'm with and you he's too. Pro- he's more accurate, by the way. Yeah, you know, and a lot of logic would be, well, Cam Newton's got the playoff experience. You know, he's gone to a Super Bowl. Uh, he seems to be for, uh, you know, what we can tell, a good locker room guy. But I think I'm taking Jameis as well. I, mean, I never thought I would say that in a sentence, but here we are. I'm going to throw that out in uh, social media and see what everybody else has to say about that. Star Star 690, you're always welcome to jump on in. we got about 45 minutes left in the show. When we come back, a little happy hour horn. Catch you up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Tebow said something today. Tim Tebow talking about paying players or not paying players. Agree or disagree? Coming up next. Hey, welcome back here to Andrew Jackson High School on Main Street. They will host Westside in our Action Sports Jacks Game of the Week coming up at 6 o'clock. That means we will have our Mr. Chubby's Wings pregame show at 5.45. So just about 45 minutes to go here on Action Sports Jacks on a Friday. Uh, we'll let Austin go a little early today. I appreciate uh, it, man. To the fam. Thank yeah. you to tell Ronan hello. I haven't yeah. seen the little dude in a while. When are you going to bring him in? Does he like school or what? Yeah, he's loving school. He's loving the VPK. And he hasn't seen you a lot either, man, because he haven't, I mean, granted, you're on TV at night, but obviously it's past his bedtime. So, unfortunately, he can't watch you at night. But, you know, for the Jaguars games, he hasn't seen you. So, uh, he's been kind of bummed about that. Here's the deal. Here's what we got to do. We got to get him out to either Top Golf on a Monday at 7 o'clock. Okay. So that's, he can still get to bed on time, right? Yep. yep. 
and then uh, I know, and he might even be able to get back to watch wrestling with you. <laughs> there and, we uh, go. Yep. And, and or on Thursday at Mellow Mushroom and Avondale, bring him on out. I'll buy him a little pizza. Oh, he loved that. And uh, he can watch the show. We'll have some fun, uh, fist bump a little bit, and, yeah. and we're uh, we're in. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I should probably share this uh, story. I forgot to tell it too. So uh, this past Sunday of the Chiefs game, you know, I get home and I had the microphone that I did for the post game breakdown that I did, and uh, the microphone's in my backpack, so I take the microphone off. And, of course, Ronan had his Jaguars jersey on. He's watching the whole game. He's a big fan. So uh, he told me, he's like, Daddy, I need you to interview me quick. I'm like, what? He's like, after the game, I need you to interview me. So I had to conduct a mock interview with him rocking the Jaguars jersey. And I was going to record it. Cause you got to record it, man. I know it was the cutest thing ever, but like, I was just like so taken back. I'm like, I forgot to record it. But uh, I'm sure we'll probably do the next thing again with the Texans game. So I got a when, feeling. when I get home, I'll, I'll be sure to record the interview that he puts out. I got a feeling that's going to be a little thing on Monday. I like it. <laughs> there we go. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, unless you have the kids, it's hard to kind of explain to people how the funny things they say. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's really kind of, especially if they do like the sports and at least the world we're living in. Yes. Uh, you know, and Ty and Kay, both Ty and Kaylee. Ty gets a lot of the, I always, I talk a lot about him because he talks a lot of sports. Sure. Uh, especially when he was a kid. But Kaylee loves it too. I mean, Kaylee's, all of a sudden the other night, Kaylee is like mad and yelling. And I'm like, what are you yelling about? She's like, the Cubs just walked in the game one and run. I'm like, <laughs> you're a Cubs fan? Like, who, do you, who cares about the Cubs? Yeah. So I didn't know where that came from. So it's, oh, uh, and you know funny. what, Brent? And I've always respected Kaylee because she's never bad mouthed Murray State like Ty has <laughs> and everything. But now to find out that she's a Cubs fan, oh man, yeah. we'll see. Well, I don't know if she's a fan or if she's just mad that the pitcher Fair walked him in. You know, okay. at, in that kind of situation. So uh, anyway, hey, let's catch people up today real quick uh, mm-hmm. because I want to talk Tim Tebow and I want to talk. Uh, well, Tim Tebow. Yeah. Uh, not really about him, but really about what he said and. Uh, Jags, Yannick Ngakwe will not play. A.J. Boye looks like he's doubtful to play. Cam Robinson could go, but Doug Marone says he's going to hold him out, so Will Richardson will play the left tackle spot. So the Jags are continue to nurse some injuries. Clay is Campbell's beat up a little bit, but he will play in the football game. He practiced the last couple of days. And so as we get closer and closer to Sunday, obviously a big... Uh, uh, talking point for us continues to be these injuries. Minshew mania has prevailed all week long, but they did lose the guy they gave $88 million to at the quarterback spot. So we will see how it all plays out, and uh, you'll be able to see some of our reaction to the game on the social media platforms on YouTube and Facebook and on Twitter. We're going to do that on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's a Jaguars game day on CBS 47 and Fox 30, which means we'll have countdown to kickoff starting at 1130. The game's on CBS 47 at 1. We'll have a postgame show on Action News. Jack's Facebook page right after that. Uh, we will be in Houston with the team. And then at night, 10.30 on Fox 3, 11.30 on CBS 47. We'll put a bow on it all uh, with Action Sports Jack's prime time. Before we get to the Tim Tebow conversation about paying college players, how about we pay some bills <laughs> and we celebrate a little happy hour horn heading into a weekend.
grab a drink, get a shot, and sip your star tenders. And happy Friday, everybody. Oh, it's a good time to celebrate Vita DeLuis and the Happy Hour Horn. Vita DeLuis recently got a 94 rating, locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. And by the way, they want to help out our friends in the Bahamas. Vita DeLuis has friends all over the world, and that includes the Bahamas. Help us raise money for the Treasure Key Relief Fund and Hopetown Rising. Here's what you do. Check out Vita DeLuis on all the social media channels. They're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to VitaDeLuis.com. 50% of all merchandise will go to those funds to help out the folks in the Bahamas. Is Treasure Key Relief Fund and Hopetown Rising. Once again, Vita de Louis helping out the folks in the Bahamas, uh, and Vita de Louis.com is the place to go. All right, Tim Tebow said something today on First Take with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN about the whole situation in California where the NCAA is trying to get lawmakers in California to not pass a bill where they would pay players, amateur players athletes in college and give them a stipend of some sort. Uh, It goes a lot deeper than that, but that's pretty much the broad issue. Tim Tebow had this to say on first take about the scenario, and I remind you that Tim Tebow I've always used as the greatest example of all this. Nobody made more money off one player, maybe in the history of college athletics, than the University of Florida made off Tim Tebow. Here's what he had to say. I feel like I have a little credibility and knowledge about this because when I was at the when I was at the University of Florida, I think my jersey was one of the top selling jerseys around the world. Uh, it was like Kobe, LeBron, and then I was right behind them, and I didn't make a dollar from it. But nor did I want to because I knew going into college what 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 it um, what it was all about. I knew going to Florida, my dream school, where I wanted to go, the passion for it, and if I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about. But now we're changing it from us, from we, from my university, from being an alumni where I care, which makes college football and college sports special, to then, okay, it's not about us, it's not about we, it's just about me. And yes, I know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us, but we're just adding and piling it onto that, mm. where it changes what's special about college football. Tim. We turn it into the NFL, where who has the most money, that's where you go. That's why people are more passionate about college sports than they are about NFL. That's why the, 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 um, the stadiums are bigger in college than they are in the NFL, because it's about your team. It's about your university. It's about where my family wanted to go. It's about where my grandfather had a dream of seeing Florida win an SEC championship. And you're taking that away so that young kids can earn a dollar. And that's just not where I feel like college football needs to go. That's fair, There's man. that opportunity in the NFL, that's but fair. not in college football. Well, there's Tim Tebow, very passionate, by the way, in his beliefs, and I have no problem with that. You know, when you bring up Tebow, everybody's like either, I I agree with Tebow, he's the greatest, or no, Tebow's the worst, I can't agree with anything he says. It's not about that. I think this is a, a thought that a lot of people probably have about this topic, and it's a big topic, whether athletes should be paid in college. And I think it's debatable, and I'll hear different debates about whether they should be paid in college. But I think what Tebow said caught my attention, Austin, and I bring in Kevin Sullivan who will call the game with me tonight, and he knows all about coaching high school football players and getting them to college, so I want his thoughts too. But here's what's different, at least in my world. I'm from Rhode Island. We don't care about college football in Rhode Island. Yeah. I do now. I'm just saying we didn't growing up. We Maybe Notre Dame or Boston College here or there, but it wasn't a passionate fan base in New England for a college football team. So it didn't resonate like that, where, oh, man, my 
dad went here or, or my uncle went here or my brother went here and I need to go there and they've got a great football program and mm-hmm. uh, that does that's I've been in different parts of the country. I've been in Ohio, Louisiana, New York, I grew up in New England and now I've been here. And that is one big distinct difference that I still don't even understand sometimes. You'll get a kid out on this field that is good enough to go play, say, at a Southern Miss and play. But he goes to Florida and walks on because he wants to run out of a tunnel in the SEC and play in the swamp, even though he's never going to play. But he could have played at Southern Miss. And I can't get there with that. I can't understand that. I don't get it. Like I, don't, I would want to go play college football instead of go run out. I'll go buy a ticket if I want to see the atmosphere in the swamp. So I don't relate to that. And I think what Tim missed a little bit here is he doesn't relate to people that don't relate to that. Well, yeah, and this is exactly the point. I mean, try growing up in Wisconsin, Brent. Yes, the Wisconsin Badgers are a big-time football team, but it's all about the Green Bay Packers. You know, that's the that's the culture that you're you're involved with. There is you're a Packer fan first and a Badger fan second. And listen, Brent. You know, I, I've met Tim Tebow a couple of times, and I've been uh, I've been nothing but impressed with the dude. You know, I mean, I have nothing but nice things to say about the guy, and you know how I operate. I'm not going to say anything that where I'm not going to answer to in a parking lot if I saw that individual. But when I heard Tim Tebow say all this stuff, man, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit for a couple reasons. Number one, you want to talk about selfish and, you know, kind of trying to, I guess, you know, push the system. I mean, this is a guy who was homeschooled but played at Nice. You know, there's a statue dedicated to Tim Tebow, even though you didn't go to school at your own high school at Nice. Okay? So let's remember that. N- well, they don't have a statue at Nice, just to oh, correct. They have oh, okay. a little sign. They actually should sign. have a okay. statue at yeah. Nice, in my opinion. Yeah, I got you. Okay. <laughs> but then just getting back to the point, like, listen, I understand, and I'm not sure how Tim Tebow grew up and everything, but I've been around college athletes that, you know, had a hard time just trying to make it work, whether it was trying to afford the bills, whether it was trying to get a meal, and then having to take care of their families at the exact same time. You know, like in my situation, it's every kid's dream to go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin wanted me to walk on uh you know and i understood that i didn't come from the, the most means where i could probably afford to walk on to wisconsin for a year and hope we get a scholarship and i know my mom didn't have the heart to tell me that you know my mom's like if you really want to do that go ahead and do that i mean i, I was smart enough to know that probably wasn't going to be the best situation for me or my family so i chose murray state i chose the the full ride scholarship and it worked out but listen it's easy to sit there on you know sec network or espn or wherever he was and say yeah, it's all about the players. It's all about their selfishness. But you're not the guy that has to work, you know, a full-time job in the summer just to pay your bills when it's football season. You know, you, you aren't that type of guy. So it's hard to speak for every single football player when you haven't lived that life. Yeah, I agree with that, man. But listen, I think this is where it does get a little twisted. I think people are assuming, okay, Tim Tebow said this because he grew up and didn't have to worry about working and also his his family was affluent. That's the perception. Like they're saying, "Oh, he, this, this is a this is like a rich kid talking." That's not See, that's where I don't think I don't think that's where the money comes into play. I think where the dollars come into play are two different ways. One is what we're failing to acknowledge is the fact that college football and head coaches and presidents and Power 5 schools have made it more about business than they have about tradition, 
football, loyalty to school, and all those things. And nobody wants to admit that it's big business. They want to still say student-athletes. It's big business. Look how much money these coaches are making. It is the NFL, just on a smaller level. There isn't that much of a difference. He's missing that, but what everybody else is missing about Tebow, it's not about where he grew up and how he grew up and how many dollars were in the bank account of his family. No, that's not it. I think what it is, Austin and Coach Sullivan, I think it's more about the fact that Tim has made a good amount of money after school. Right. And so he didn't have to worry about it. But I wonder if if I could ask Tim this question, I would say this. If you never played in the NFL and you never got a dollar off uh, from ESPN and you never got a dollar from writing a book and you never got a dollar from speaking engagements, let's just say you went and worked a normal job being a sales guy somewhere after college, but you had all this hype and you did all the things you did at Florida. Would you then be a little disappointed that you never got anything in return from those jersey sales? See, Tim doesn't need that, so he can give it all back to the school. That, and, and that's admirable, by the way. I don't knock right. him for that. Yeah. I'm, that. He could have taken the tack that they should have paid me. Every other athlete, in fact, or 99% of them would have said, I should have got paid. I don't care if I have millions. I should have got paid. Tim didn't do that. He said, you know what? There should be loyalty to school. And I can appreciate that. But I think he would have looked at it a little bit differently if he didn't already have some dollars after school. Uh, Because, quite frankly, he should get rewarded for how much money they made off him in school. He should. There's been no better example of it than Tim Tebow and the University of Florida. They have made so much money off Tim Tebow over the years. And they still do. And, and they, they still, still do. do. And, it, and I think, Austin, it's a, it's a little bit different, and, and I have a lot of respect for Tim. Met him a few times. But uh, the thing that I find interesting is I think where this all comes from is the money that they're paying the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you read the article on the Dabo effect up at Clemson, but they've got this whole community built now because they're winning football games. And they've got all this influx of money coming into the university. And then the coach can up and take off and be, hey, I'm making $5 million. Uh, Texas A&M going to pay me $8 million for 10-year guarantee. Well, he can up and leave. And, and I think that's where I think if they can pay the coaches that much money, I think that's where I think it comes from. I think it comes from the, the, the kids that are on the field that are playing, busting butt, doing their thing. Uh, and they're not getting anything, but they do. And then my other other avenue is they do get a lot. And of I stuff. agree with that. You know, they, I'm not a hundred percent in on guys. Right. They should get paid. Austin has a great idea. Pay off your. You know, if you if you can sell jerseys, right. And people want to buy it, then make money off licensing merchandise or right. your likeness. I I I don't. It's not only Austin's idea, but I mean he's brought it up several times on the show, and I don't disagree with him there. If, and then that kind of evens things out. The guys are making money. By the way, this could be a soccer player that starts this fantastic initiative. She's not a star that anybody knows, but she's done something that that can help make her money because right. it went viral or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Do they, they want to do it like the Olympics. Is that what they're talking about? Trying to, From what I've read, they want to sort of do it like the Olympics have done it. Well, it goes back to the kicker at UCF a couple years ago that had his own business on the yes. side. Yes. And it had nothing to do with anything. He was a kicker. He had started this business making money, and they made him give up his scholarship or quit playing. And his business was taken off and everything. So I, 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 you understand where they're coming from. Uh, the NCAA and this thing on California is getting ready to get nasty, I think, because I think it's passing. It's a lobbyist so. dream, probably. Hey, let's not leave the topic. Plus, we have stay in your lane. But I want more of it because I think it's more to, there's more levels to it. See, where we live on social media or in Jacksonville, there's a Tebow love fest and there's a Tebow I don't want to talk about. It. 
And that's not what this is about. And if you think what that's about, then, then your, your, your mindset is wrong on this. This is not about Tebow necessarily. This is about the idea and the concept. And in my opinion, the biggest idea and concept is you have to admit, NCAA, that especially college football and college basketball are big business. It's not NCAA student-athlete. It's big business. The coaches certainly have adapted to that because they're making big-time money. What about the players? Let's talk more about it. Stay in your lane on the way as well. And then we're getting ready for a high school football game here at Andrew Jackson, right off Main Street, coming up on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. We are at Andrew Jackson High School. Brent Martineau along with Kevin Sullivan will call the game at 6 o'clock between Andrew Jackson, the Tigers, and the Wolverines from Westside. It's our Action Sports Jacks game of the week. Here on ESPN 690, you'll hear the game right here on the radio side on ESPN690.com as well. And friendly reminder, as we continue to grow this thing and you're able to find it, just like the radio show, you can see it. Uh, and it's usually a better sight than seeing Austin and I. Uh, we get to watch some football instead. And you can see it on YouTube, on our Action Sports Jacks channel, on Facebook, on ESPN 690, and Action Sports Jacks, and on my Twitter handle as well. So a lot of different ways to do it, a lot of different ways to see it. And uh, it starts tonight at 6. Remember, Duval County starting games at 6 o'clock this year. So it's an early start. This is our last segment of the show. Stay in your lane coming up in a moment with Austin Lane. And then we'll have our Mr. Chubby's Wings pregame show coming up at 545 to get you set for the kickoff of this one. But I want to stay on the Tebow topic again. And, again. and I hate to even bring it up like that. It's probably bad phrasing on my part because it's not a Tebow topic. This is about paying athletes in college. But the way Tebow phrased it, I think, can certainly get mixed, I think can mix up the message a little bit. And I think the message should be perfectly clear from the NCAA, and they are so afraid to say it, is that it's big business in college sports, and especially in football and basketball. They just won't admit it. But when you look at coaches making $7 million, when you look at what comes in for the college football Final Four, you look at the ratings for some of the big games in college football, you look at March Madness and how much money comes in. Listen, people, it's big business. Should the players, should people that really impact that get some of that? I think you can make the case for yes. I still am not smart enough to know how you do it. I think there are varying ways to look at this. But... The idea that it should not happen is probably the incorrect idea, in my opinion. And Tebow's thought was, hey, there's a loyalty to your school. There's a passion about going to college. Uh, there's, there's a history about being an alum at a certain place in your family or, or in your town. Or, and we know it here. Listen, how many people want to grow up and go be a Florida Gator or a Florida State Seminole or a Miami Hurricane or a Georgia Bulldog or in Columbus, Ohio, they all want to be at Ohio State? In Ann Arbor, they all want to go to Michigan. Mm -hmm. In Louisiana, where I work, they all want to go to LSU. That's the way it is. I get it. But it doesn't mean that if they make the school millions and millions and millions of dollars, they shouldn't get rewarded for that. Because not everybody on the flip side is going to end up with Tim Tebow's career. A little baseball, a little football, a very successful broadcasting career, a very successful speaking engagement career, writer, uh, author, I should say, of a couple of books. Not everybody's going to end up like that. And so I really think the if you want to talk about the economics of it, and that's where a lot of people are going with Tebow, it's not about really how he was raised. He should still be able to earn those kind of dollars, whether he grew up with money or without money. But it's really about if you look back on it, and he didn't have all these dollars and all these opportunities and wasn't as successful as he was, 
I think I would be clamoring like I have for years to say you should have got something for that. You, they sold your jerseys, man. They said they, you made them a ton of money. You should have got something for that. And yes, you get a free education, and don't take that lightly. But you probably should get more. And that's where I come down on it, Austin. Yeah, absolutely. So let's think about this, and let's take it on a broader spectrum because this involves, I think, all student athletes, Brent, not just football players. Right. We talk football players all the time because they're bringing in the most money, right? You got your Alabamas, you have your Clemson, you have these coaches getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars, and they have no problem leaving that program, leaving those kids behind, and going to maybe even a bigger payday, even a better situation. I understand that, but from a from a you know a, a bigger aspect of, of ball sports in general, I mean, you know. We, we can talk about Penn State wrestling, how much money they generate. You know, I mean, they sell out the stadium when Penn State wrestles. Well, what's going to happen when those Penn State wrestlers go on and graduate? You know, unfortunately, it's not like the Tim Tebow effect where th- there's all eyes watching them and everything, and th- they get the camera put in their front of their face all the time, and they can, they're can they super well-spoken and things like that. And there is no professional wrestling league where you can just go and, you know, res- wrestle for millions and millions of dollars. Now, you can go be an Olympian, but you're not making that much money, especially in the United States. So that's where I think it comes back around again, Brent. We got to talk about they got to license the the, the the players, the, the student athletes' name because then it's kind of in their own hands, you know. And we always talk about athletes getting in trouble, you know. I mean, now all of a sudden, the you know your brand is actually it actually means something. If you say something bad on Twitter, that's going to affect your jersey sales. That's going to affect your T-shirt sales, and all people aren't going to want to buy your stuff anymore. So it, it holds athletes accountable. And isn't that what we're trying to do in the end? We're, we're, we're trying to shape young minds. We're trying to build um, athletes through athletics to be good people in the world once they leave the university. Well, what a better way to do that than endorse their name, than to license their name and hold them accountable. One final thought, and very well said, Austin. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, let's bring you in because you've been in the coaching business and the teaching business for uh, 35, 36 years now. And what Austin just said is what you've been doing most of your life is shaping uh, young people and, and trying to get them ready for the real world. You know, I talked to somebody today, actually, it's ironic. I talked to somebody, this was even before the Tebow stuff, and I asked them how their kid was doing at college, and it said, ah, oh, great, blah, 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 you know, loving it, and, and uh, is a baseball player. Right. And uh, he, he talked about, yeah, he was trying to get a job, and, and, and the kids on the team said, whoa, you can't get a job, man. He's like, you don't have time for a job. This is a full-time job. Right. And I think some people, and that's, by the way, that wasn't at, like, Clemson, Florida State, or that, that was at a non-Power 5 school. Well, I mean, it's the same at the community college. The baseball kids, they have a fall league that they all play in. They're, you know, they're going to class, and they're practicing, and the coach's got them hidden, and it's not even in their season. You know, and, and Austin, I, I like what you said about, you know, using their name, but the other thing is, what about the offensive line guys? You know, you got a successful offense and everything. There's not a lot of people buying those offensive linemen no. jerseys. Yeah, you're you absolutely know? right. But at the same time, I think it, like in mind, like Joe Thomas. You know, Joe Thomas coming out of Wisconsin, he was kind of like this cult, this folk hero. You know, where right. everyone loved Joe Thomas. I mean, you know, the story where when he got drafted, he was on a fishing boat, didn't even watch the draft, didn't even know where he went to. And that's where more of the personality shows through. Where I think sometimes, you know, as a country, we fall in love with not necessarily the the biggest athlete, or the most talented athlete. We fall in love with their stories and if you're good at getting across those stories whatever position you play then i think you have an ability to sell merchandise take for instance real quick the 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 punter from miami i've talked about him many times on the show uh he's an australian kicker covered in tattoos has a crazy mustache and everything people seem to love him why shouldn't he be entitled you know maybe sell a t-shirt or sell his jersey because people seem to fall in love with him
Yeah, it's good. It's well yeah. said, man. Very well said. Good it's point. an interesting topic. There are a lot of levels to it. I really just wanted to touch on what Tebow said. And listen, I'm a fan of Tim Tebow. So I, this this isn't. I'm not that divided line that sometimes exists here in Jacksonville on social media. I, 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 that wasn't what this was about. He was passionate about it. He has the right to his thoughts. I just uh, disagreed with him a little bit today because I think we've got to worry about the NCAA taking advantage of that. And I think they have for a long, long time. But uh, we're not done with that topic. That topic will continue to exist. I don't want you to lose uh, your time for staying your lane, Austin. So let's get after it here on a Friday. I know you got some things to get to. Cruise control. Fire it up, Cruise. Oh, yeah. I have some things in my mind. But first, we're going to go uh, We'll go on cruise control here. Brent, uh, there's another UFC fight this weekend, and it's going to be a big one. we got Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who's kind of a household name. Um, you know, this guy doesn't back down from a fight. Fights anybody, anytime, anywhere, anywhere place. Uh, he's taking on Justin Gagey. And the best way to sum up Justin Gagey, uh, if you don't know who Justin Gagey is, he's a former All-American wrestler. And you'd think, well, if he's an All-American wrestler, then this guy must be pretty good on the ground. Nay, he does not use his wrestling whatsoever. If you ever watched the, the episode of The Simpsons where it was Mike Tyson versus Homer Simpson, and Mike Tyson just kept on punching Homer Simpson, but Tyson got tired and uh, Tyson fell over, it's the exact same thing with Justin Gagey. Justin Gagey only knows one thing, and that's to come forward. He he takes a beating, but he dishes it out just as well. And you have a fight here that's going to be for the fans. you got two guys that aren't afraid to throw punches, throw kicks, and meet in the center of the octagon. Uh, this fight is for the fans of MMA, so I highly recommend if you guys are around, you definitely check it out. That's this Saturday. Uh, I think it's on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. All right, time to pump your brakes. Uh-oh, where are we oh, going? Oh, we're going someplace here, Brent. So, do you remember yesterday I talked about the NFL Network and the commercials for the, the Jaguars-Titans thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it, by the way. It's did you Did you see it? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, I'm breaking it down. So, for those people that, that didn't maybe watch the Thursday night game last night, basically what the NFL Network is doing this year is for their commercials to hype up the Thursday night games, uh, instead of focusing on the players, they focus more on the fans. So, for instance, uh, it was Carolina versus Tampa. So, the whole week you saw a Carolina Panthers fan, and she was, like, at a barbecue because, you know, Carolina is known for their barbecue, and she was talking smack back and forth to a Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And he was at a pier, you know, by the water, very Tampa Bay-ish. He had he had like a Bahama shirt on, you know, very Tampa Bayish. And I said on the show yesterday, Brent, and I sat and said, I hope the NFL Network doesn't screw this up. They don't like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I hope that they do the commercial justice. And if not, they should have me and Brent Martin in it. Well, let's check out the commercial from last night. I'm just going to break it down as it simultaneously goes on. So, Coos, hit us with it a little bit first. This Thursday night. Jacksonville versus Nashville. All right, stop right there. Stop right there. Okay, so to set the scene real quick, uh, th- there's a lady from Tennessee who's saying this Thursday night. She seems to be in, I don't know, probably the most Nashville thing ever. She's in a country music studio. You see country music awards behind her. I get it. She kind of reminds me of the lady of, from the Popeye's Chicken commercials. Right on. <laughs> The kid, on the other hand, and I don't know if this kid is supposed to be famous in Jacksonville. It might be Fred Durst's son. I don't know who this kid is. But I get the whole Nashville thing. Your your country music role, whatever it is, showcasing the music. This kid is talking on a treadmill inside of a house. That's It, it makes zero sense whatsoever. And if I don't get it. If you're a casual fan, it's like, oh, so Jacksonville's got a lot of trust fund kids with nice houses. <laughs> All right, Coos, let's, let's keep the footage rolling here. Nashville. You're not ready, bro. Okay, stop right there. 
I've, I've been in Nashville a couple times. Okay, I, I've been in Nashville. If I'm counting on one, if I'm if I'm really estimating here, Brent, math is not my strong subject. I probably spent at least 120 hours in Nashville. Um, probably 90 of those hours I actually remember. No one has ever called me bruh. Okay, <laughs> nobody. No one's ever called me bruh. So from that standpoint, I take Especially that a as a yes. So from that standpoint, I take that as a sign of disrespect. Let's see what the kids got to offer next on the treadmill. Why you're on a treadmill? I have no idea. Coos, go. Great place. Stop. Stop. Okay. I, I get it. Duval. I get it. You know, that's that's what Jacksonville is known for. I'm not mad at that. Didn't really talk smack back to her. It is what it is. She called you, bruh. You respond with a Duval. I'm not mad at it. Let's see who, who goes for the jugular here now. Great place to retire. Stop. Okay. So she's two for two right now. She called the kid, bruh, number one. And number two, great place to retire. A little, little <laughs> shade this? there. What do we have, the Villages right. NFL yeah. team? Yeah, yeah. A, a little shade there, but it's okay, because you know what? This kid's on a treadmill, Brent. Was that a shot at Coughlin, by the way? I have no idea, uh-huh. but right now, Advantage Tennessee. Let's see what the kid's bringing back to the table the here on a treadmill. What does he got for us, Coos? He's going to light you up. Okay. Uh, it was Clayus Campbell going woo for whatever reason. They showed a random picture of Clayus Campbell going woo, and then we're going to light you up. Okay, I guess. Uh, whatever. And the coos, let's finish it off real quick here. You guys are pretty good for a college team. Wait, and then, oh, hold on. So we're pretty good for a college team, and then you cut the commercial, and that's it. That's that's the commercial. Advantage Tennessee, and I'm the last person to give the Tennessee fans props. But they absolutely obliterated this kid. All the kid got in was a Duval, and we're gonna light you up. And she finishes with. You're pretty good for a college team. Hey, NFL Network, stop hating on the Jacksonville Jaguars. When I got drafted to the team, it was during a bathroom break. It was during a commercial. Nobody saw me get drafted. It happens every single year. I'm fed up with it, Brent. I'm fed up with the NFL Network hating on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your finest moment of the week. I, Thank you, mine man. Mine was wearing Gardner Minshew garb, yeah. and yours was ripping that commercial because yeah. I didn't get it. By the way, you missed one. It's not verse, people. It's verses. Yes. Verses. So be it. And, Brent, I'll tell you what. If it was me in the commercial like it should have been in the first place, I would have been rocking my Gardner Minshew uh, American flag bandana, and I would have been eating out of a whole tub of mayo, and I just would have been going, oh, cool. How was Sounds there not good. one mayo reference? That's what I'm that. saying, Brent. These people really milked it in. I'm not sure if they're shooting this thing during the hurricane or what the deal was, but they but they really milked this whole thing in, and I'm disappointed, and Jaguars fans should be disappointed as well. I agree totally. Good uh, very stuff, well Austin. done. Thank stuff. you, man. Thank you. Well, you got a career in uh, critiquing commercials. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But they should probably hire you before they put it on air. Exactly, exactly. At least get my advice from it. All right, uh, well, well done. Uh, all right, hey, bottom line, Jaguars play Houston. That's the big story. We're really going to talk a lot of college football. Florida State goes to Virginia. You're an FSU night guy, game. coach. Night you like game. your chances? FSU, they got to do something this week, so we'll see if they'll come ready to play. You know, so I, I don't know. I said earlier in the week, I think if they will just embrace the underdog role, they've right. got well, a they're, chance. They're the underdog. Well, I know, but I'm not <laughs> sure Taggart and company feel like that. Right. And they, they are. They have to embrace it. I think they should flip that script. If they do, I think they have a chance, actually, to keep this thing closer than people expect. Florida, I don't think they'll have any trouble with Kentucky. I think they win that game big in Kentucky and get that streak going again. And uh, UCF-Stanford, man, it's a big game for the Knights. I wave that UCF flag all the time. And uh, 
I hope UCF is able to take care of business, Austin, so you can go back to maybe a college game day sometime. Absolutely, man. Without a doubt, I had a, uh, a good experience there. Unfortunately, as you know, I, I couldn't be drinking beer because apparently there was a curfew in place. It is what it is. Not a big deal. And I also appreciate you playing your playlist throughout the past 30 minutes, Brent. Um, <laughs> it's if I have to hear Nuck to your buck one more time by the crime mob, uh, I don't know what I'll do, but props to your playlist. I appreciate it. Uh, you have ended this show in style. In fact, so much so that I'm not even going to tease anything else. we got Jags in Houston coming up this week. Right. We'll talk all about it on Monday. we got the Action Sports Jags Dream 18 golf tournament. Looks like a tropical storm or system or whatever is out to sea, so we'll have that. A lot of fun stuff coming up on Monday and all weekend long. For Coos in Austin Lane, I'm Brent Martineau. This guy next to me joins me for the next few hours. Yes, We're going to hand it off to our own pregame show coming up, and then it's Jackson and Westside from Main Street coming up for our Action Sports Jackson Game of the Week here on a Friday night. Hope you have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the football weekend, and keep it locked right here for some high school football coming up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.